Bavarian smoked. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Monday the 3rd of May, Space Year 2010. Uh, I'm your host Dan Train and as usual with me across this uh, TeamSpeak channel I have uh, Zachary Burgess. Hello. <laughs> and Rob Kemp. Charmed. Oh, <laughs> see, I was going, it was like, I was taking Ron's place by going first and doing one word, and then Rob ruined it by trying to do one word as well. He also did I mean, one to word. to interject. <laughs> it had a definitely a different style to yours, though. You, you, yours was more of the classic sort of Rob style, in fact. Yeah, lethargic. <laughs> yeah, and he, he, he went with a bit more um, of a sort of um, posh voice there. Buenas <laughs> tardes, <laughs> yes. Yes. Every every week it should be from a different a greeting from a different part of the world. Yes, I'm, I'm sure that will work very well. No, you should can't do it, Zach. Anything. I want I want to hear you do greetings from different parts of the world because that would just be hilarious. You it would be out of your comfort zone. Exactly. You try and do try and do a <laughs> Spanish German, alone, and that'd be it. <laughs> German one. What would that be? Hello, aus. Podcast. Uh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Hello, hello. That's the only bit of German you remember because it was like, <laughs> what bit of German are you going to get grinded into your head because of an great theme song? Just yeah. that same word over and over. That's all I know. Because hello isn't even like, that's not even, you know, different. So no. out <laughs> is like the only word you've learned in German. <laughs> it's literally the only word because I, I, we had like only, I only had to do a year of it and uh, that teacher, Miss Bergona, he didn't bother to teach us anything, I don't think. Um, I don't remember anything, so... Um, you don't remember just... Bradfurst? Man, you were, uh, you were lucky, because when I had my force to have one year of French, I had, like, what's his name, the head teacher. So he was oh, super no. serious. And it was like, oh, no! <laughs> I might oh, actually made... have to put some effort. <laughs> I don't really understand how we managed to, like, pass that year, or whether it was even graded. I don't know, it was weird. I don't think it was. No, I can't <laughs> if I dropped it immediately. Yeah. Bon. No one, who was going to change after having done the other language for like several years? Is that what you remember from French, Rob? Bon. We. We. Bon. So you can pick these up from random builds and stuff. You don't even need to. Like, I could have picked up hello, like, from, from just saying hello, really. You, you could have picked that up from English. Exactly, exactly. Just replace it with an A and pronounce it slightly German. Not that I can do that, because I don't even know what a German accent really sounds like, unless I've listened to Kraftwerk all day or something. Even then, it's Salway. mostly like, Yeah, it's mostly like synthesising keyboards rather than people saying things. Apart from the model. She's a model and she's looking fine. And there's some... Well, yeah, I suppose they, they vocode, don't they? A lot of their things like, We are the robots. Yes, they do. Um, we are plastic dummies. No, we are showroom dummies. And then there's Ramstein, of course. We're just going to just going to speak about anything that just happens to be German. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like the places where I would actually know German from, because I, I'm not exposed to, you know, I didn't learn it apart from that one year where I didn't learn it because he didn't bother to teach it. And uh, if I was trying to do a German accent, I'd probably reference old war films, um, craft work, and possibly Dwast. Or you could say Yavi a Russian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah, all right, all right. Let's let's uh, get my uh, cultural um, dif- <laughs> differentiation problems aside. No, I thought that wasn't really. You weren't totally serious. Yeah, I'll be all right. That became a joke, but I don't think you were totally serious the first time you did that. I think that was just a bit of a mistake. <laughs> <You're> saying, <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> saying, yeah, <laughs> saying, yeah, we're Russian in a German accent. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's a it's the best cover technique I know. Mm, indeed. So Confuse them by point. not even pretending to be one language, be two languages at the same time. Indeed. Well, could you do it the other way round? What? Oh, it would be da, wouldn't it? Da. Uh, da. Be a German. Still going with V. <laughs> I suppose it still is. You just replace the Y with a V in any sort of. Anywhere east of um, the English Channel. France. Um, <laughs> east yeah. of France, yeah. Yeah, we are Deutschenhausen. What would that mean, Zach? <laughs> <German>. Deutschenhausen. <laughs> what does Hausen mean? Does that mean... I don't think that does actually mean houses. I can't remember. No. <laughs> we are German houses. <laughs> <laughs> we are Deutschenhausen. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that would be a good thing to be. Speaking of German stuff, right? I had a Frankfurter yesterday. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> is this like a proper one or like a? Because sometimes uh, it'd be really. Yeah, one weird. of those sort of like pre-cooked Frankfurters that you sort of take on camping trips normally. Okay. Did it come in a can with water and stuff in it? No, no, no. It was like in a packet. Um, okay. uh, we, we were apparently smoked with real beech wood. Mmm. Um, but anyway, um, you know, <laughs> mm, wood, <laughs> yeah, wood <laughs> that woody flavor. Um, but uh, the way, where I'm going with this is, do you, do you know that theory where if you eat asparagus, it's uh, supposed to make your urine smell funny? Yeah, yeah. Or that doesn't it ta- change? Like doesn't it change your really um, bright yellow? Doesn't change the taste of your stuff, your stuff for the ladies <laughs> as well. Supposedly, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> lady stuff. <laughs> No, the stuff you provide for the ladies, you know. Oh, oh yeah. yes. The other thing yeah. that comes I, I don't think saying. you provide it, it's just a natural consequence. <laughs> but... Yeah, anyway. You can't call it that. Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, that is what it's evolutionary for, though, I suppose. <laughs> you do actually provide it for the purpose of... <laughs> anyway... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, screw asparagus. Frankfurters are where it's at for crazy urine adventures. <laughs> Oh, thanks for that vital piece of information. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I went to the loo later that evening and I could smell sausage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> Rob, what have you been playing this week? He's been playing urine adventures. Other than, <laughs> other than urine adventures. I'm changing the topic because we got, we come from Germany to... Uh, to uh, the smell of urine, and now uh, I'm I'm moving on to gaming. Because that's wasn't a it, nice link it's there. Penny Arcade Adventures, isn't it, where they fe- feature heavily a uh, Dr. P. Wimple, who's a, a, probably the only urinologist in the world. Is that so? I bet there are loads well, of uro- urologists. Well, probably now, but I thought, well, is it urology or urinology, as they say? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I Basically, his, his field is to just get random objects and pee on them and see what happens. It's a slightly like, different field to urology. That's a branch of medicine, medicine I think. Yeah, it's almost like witchcraft. <laughs> it's alchemy involving pee. Pee-chemy. No, it doesn't really work, does it? Oh. I was reading this thing. Uh, talking about pee. 
so good. <laughs> thing. Apparently, some species of birds like pee on their legs as a, like a uh, to cool them, like sweat. So they. they use oh, I was. To... I thought you were about to say in case they get stung by flying jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that wasn't what I was going to say. Funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidentally, <laughs> this isn't Gears of War land. You know, you don't have jellyfish fly through the sky for no reason. <laughs> what were those things called? Those like artillery no things. That um, I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? In Gears yeah, the, the the things that have absolutely no purpose being in the air. Exactly. You know, they, 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 just they, they don't have wings, and they don't appear to be farting some kind of propellant. So it's, so it's just well, quite they, how they're actually doing it is a mystery. Are they just, they're like sort of slow artillery, aren't they? Because they're just like a projectile, aren't they? But no, 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 no. Oh, I was thinking of the Nemesis. I was thinking oh. of those those um, other flying things that, oh, that exist. Um, you know, towards two, towards the end of Gears 2. Yeah, the sort of weird yeah, um, tentacle things. Yeah, I don't know, I know how they fly. That, that seem to fly by the power of will. Because it's not as if in, in the Gears universe, like... Um, the the dropships aren't powered by weird jets or anything like in Halo. They're, they're helicopters, you know, with a reasonable excuse for being in the air uh, without any wings, you know. Whereas, um, yeah, those things don't have any excuse for being in the air. Tentacles, they don't provide lift. Maybe it's if, like, if you jiggle them in a certain way, then the world feels sorry for you and grants you the gift of flight. Oh, you're you're an ugly son of a bitch. Why don't, what, here, have some sky. I guess they come from underground, though. How could they evolve flight? Don't they? Don't they? That's a, that's a very good point. <laughs> anyway, so all the miniature eye of the the Gears universe. What is that universe called? Does it? What's the name of the planet? It has a name, doesn't it? Yeah, I had a feeling it was one of those sort of fairly standard sounding names like Gaia or something. But yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's always some like alternative name for or Terra, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's not Terra. Pull one exactly. out of the cliche book. Yeah, and that one's a bit... Because Terra literally means Earth, doesn't it? So Yeah. Uh, Earthens. So what's Terra Firma? Is that like... The, solid uh, ground. Quite stable. Yeah, solid ground. That's like stable ground. Terra Firma. Go Latin. Go Latin. Do, do you remember that game, that game uh, Terra Nova? By name only. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Seriously, that was um, 96 or something when we first started with PC games. And it was this really ahead of its time game. I think I had the demo off a PC gamer cover disc. And you were you were like in a mech suit, you know, a, like a, a exoskeleton thing, armored, powered suit thing. When mechs um, were cool. Yeah, but it, <laughs> this wasn't like Mech Warrior where you were in a huge robot. This was like just a suit around your person, you know. More like a Starship Troopers style. And, um, yeah, that was really cool. I mean, obviously, the graphics were like, you know, they weren't even VGA, I don't think. Well, they might have been VGA, but, yeah. I mean, the whole High res, baby. Stuff. Yeah, how how did anyone manage to read, like, a HUD with information about ammo and stuff when... James... That's because they made the text, like, an inch high. <laughs> yeah. Like, how could you see anything when a game was 320 by... Two? That's, like, a smaller resolution than my phone significantly smaller it's about the same res as the ds isn't it if you think about it what on one screen yeah, yeah. Well, that's true yeah, really you, you, you have to think of it in a style that you can probably only have about 10 lines of text across the entire screen mm. well each yeah, of them involving the... nothing more than we have cake probably 
Yeah, well, at least with the DS, you've got two of them, so you can put the information on one, you know, if necessary. Things like that. Yeah. But no, it's weird looking back, isn't it? Because you're having all these issues nowadays, like um, uh, Capcom's recent, you know, uh, initial entries into Xbox and HD, wasn't it? With their, they were saying, uh, oh yeah, this um, what's it called, Lost Planet and Dead Rising, with the uh, infamous text too small bug because they hadn't yeah. bothered programming the game with SD in mind. Various people have done that. From various different uh, developers have done that. I'd they? imagine it's fairly common nowadays, but it's less of an Red issue. Rare because... did it, didn't they? Rare did it with um, uh, nuts and bolts. Uh, oh, did they? The name, the, the name of the, the banjo, banjo remake. Yeah, yeah, they did it, and they never patched it. They just left it because they were like, "Oh, it'd be too much work to fix that." It's not really a bug or anything. It's just you know. No, it's just a bit of a design flaw. And to be honest, I didn't realize that many people were using SD anymore. Anyway, I thought the problem had sort of gone away because nobody no, cared a anymore. People, a lot of people are seriously like a lot of the people I know with a 360, you know, beyond us and stuff, do still use an SD TV, which is really weird. weird. A lot, a lot of people own SD, um, big widescreen SD TVs still from, you know, pre, pre flat screens. Yeah, no, I thought the adoption rate of HD was, especially for people with consoles in general, gamers in general, would have been a lot higher by now. That's true. I'm talking much more casual users, I guess, but even so. I mean, I, I think it's really weird. The, uh, conversely, I think it's really weird that the Wii isn't HD, you know. I mean, they, they say that's not a problem or anything, but it's a bit odd. Well, for this, I suppose for the demographic of ultra-casual or yeah. non-gamers, that's probably, again, it's, it's saying if, uh, if the HD... Uh, Adoption rate is a lot lower than we anticipate, which that's true, that's true. it seemingly is. Uh, then the Wii is uh, perfectly suited because they can't have text too small, otherwise the, it would just look shit on all TVs. Yeah, so that imposes that restraint on the developers, I guess, which is good. Everything on the Wii in terms of text is enormous and kiddie friendly, though, isn't it? With most games. I still can't believe there hasn't been a price reduction on it. Well, that's capitalism, isn't it? There's no need. Yeah. No, well, I know, I know what you mean. It's, it's just want. crazy, isn't it? Because they must be making a mint on each one on hardware that is essentially GameCube. Um, they hardware. seriously are. Like, I don't think they've ever and made it's... a loss on the hardware. I don't think they've ever sold it at a... I think no, 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 no. It, it was... It was I think they were making a serious profit from the start. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. the Xbox 360, you can buy one with the same guts in it, cheaper than a Wii, and it's just mental. It's weird. I mean, but I mean, I think it is starting to slow though. Because uh, the, the, oh, mean, definitely. It's, it's only because the market's saturated with Wii's now. Because er, like every other household has one or something. To be honest, the Wii has hit the exact problem we all predicted from the start, which is sure motion controls, great. There's a certain limited amount to what you can achieve with the tech, and it still be fun. Yeah. Or work well. Um, you know, the Wii remote wasn't nearly as flexible as anyone sort of originally assumed um even with motion plus and the one-to-one movement no one really quite knows how to do it properly um and this is where i think microsoft have got the tech right for the next gen and natal is doing something new whereas ps3 is just trying to improve on the wii formula yeah Um, i don't which is the move doesn't look very impressive i mean in terms of the tracking and stuff that all looks i mean a lot oh yeah a lot better than the Wii. the tech inside it seems better than the Wii. but i don't think that's the point you know they're going down a dead end i think uh you know all they they can really do is hope to emulate what already exists on Wii. exactly and uh i don't think their you know their audience is going to respond i don't really like their i've never really liked the sony sort of casual 
uh, the style of their sort of eye toy stuff and their home stuff and never really appealed always to me been the same rubbish. Way. Yeah, Nintendo really know how to do that. You know, I mean, the thing about the Wii is um, now now at this point, it's just you you don't have a steady supply of games because you're basically sitting around to see what Nintendo do next because they're the only people who can really take innovate to their own hardware. Yeah. I've got to be honest, there's, there's, yeah, there's very few people sort of coming out and saying, well, here's a, here's a new game for the Wii that does something no one's seen before. And, and I mean, it's, it, it just have doesn't seem to ha- happen anymore. Not anymore. People have tried and failed. You know, there has been, over the past couple of years, there have been third-party people trying to do something new with the Wii. You know, Sega have done all those sort of vaguely adult games, and some of them have worked and some of them haven't. And, uh, you know, there's the Silent Hill game with the. Some people do some quite clever things with the Wiimote, but they've all yeah, been Yeah, a, a, a lot of them all boil down to sort of some of the best implementations, and this is uh, fairly annoying. They actually boil down to not using the motion controls that much. Yeah. Um, and throwing them in as quick time events or actions you don't do that regularly. Which is, I, I mean, quick time events I find bad enough when they're not uh, telegraphed in advance that you're going to do a quick time event. If it's in a cutscene, I tend to, like, have my controller sitting in my lap or something. And this is uh, on a. <laughs> that was standard... the whole Shenmue thing, wasn't it? When they just suddenly spring on you in the middle of a cutscene. You're like, oh crap, oh crap, pick up yeah. the controller. <laughs> but it happens in quite a few games. And when that's a motion move, like, that's even worse, isn't it? Because, you know, at least. It takes some got time your... to wind up for it. Yeah, at least you got your thumb on the button if it's uh, well vaguely nearby. If you're playing a normal game, but uh, on a it's, it's games game. like um, Mad World and Resident Evil Four that sort of pull that style of play off because it's almost entirely controller based until you have one of these special actions, hmm. and then the motion controls come in. Like that's how you finish an enemy in Mad World. You have to go mental on the uh, on, on follow the on screen prompts, and same with Resident Evil when you get those fancy boss fights and they grab you and stuff, and you need to escape. You get the quick time events, which are all motion based. Yeah, I suppose Manhunt Two controversially did that as well, didn't they? They kept it entirely the same except for the kill moves. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just add that in. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Just to add an extra level of controversy on a game that's just built on selling copies based on its own controversy, really. Yeah. Just so Jack was it Jack Thompson can sort of call it a murder simulator. Oh right. It yeah. Was, but obviously. Yeah, but that game was really bad. You know, I mean, it's like you say what you like about Jack Thompson and stuff, and he isn't he is a dick about uh, about games and stuff. But but that game in particular was really out deliberately to court controversy, wasn't it? I mean, it's not like Grand Theft Auto where it's sort of ancillary to what is, you know. I mean, you can, you know, you can it's you can pick up a hooker and then sleep with her and then kill her with a baseball bat and then grab your money back, you know, in Grand Theft Auto. But that's not part. You know, you don't have to. It's just part of a big, you know, world simulation. Whereas Manhunt, it's just all about just being horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's I've got to be honest. There's, there's... Course, isn't it? It's Rockstar, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's weird because you, uh, going back to our original subject, though, like I want to talk about, you know, the, the Wii is quite a good, uh, an interesting case study, isn't it? Because there's a lot of people, as you say, when it came out, were like, wow, this is cool. Let's try a load of stuff. And as you say, most uh, majority of cases are failures. You get the odd good one like Metroid where it throws in... Metroid's probably one of my favourite examples because the point-and-shoot action works well. You control your motion with a stick, but the certain extras like using the nunchuck as a grappling hook is just excellently done in the middle, and you don't really need to think about them. Like, oh, what's the motion here? And you can't really accidentally do the wrong motion. That's true. They're the ones that work the best. 
I think it's going to end up that that's very true about Metroid, and that is a great that is a good game on the Wii. But I, I think it's going to end up that by the end of the Wii's lifetime, the greatest games on the system will be the Metroid pack that has all three Metroid games. And you were talking about the greatest game on the system being, uh, you know, two games from the previous system. You know, <laughs> yeah. Control yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's a whole console, you know, generation. It gets to the no, point where when I see a new Wii game, a bit of me hopes, oh, I hope they haven't really done, gone completely motion-based. And it's that's, they've kind of done the wrong thing, haven't they, if that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, Zach, what do you think? Uh, are you looking forward to uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 at all? Not even slightly. <laughs> really? Why? Super Mario Cause... Galaxy was not sufficiently interesting. It was just like... It was... It was... I don't know what it, what it is about it, but it's just like here's some platforming. Apart from the whole gravity thing, wasn't didn't actually make it better or more fun. It just made it more annoying. It's like oh, you're going to walk along this incredibly tiny ass thin platform over an instant death pit, but the camera's going to try and follow it because it's on on the outside of a sphere, which makes it unnecessarily difficult for the camera to stay behind you, so your controls randomly change direction. In opportune moments, because yeah. your motion is relative to the camera, right? Yeah. I've got to admit, they they get it right the majority of the time in that game. That is probably one of the best examples of trying to get this whole space gravity thing to work. And uh, I don't well, know. Yeah. I, I, I think it, it, Super Mario Galaxy, I think, was a, is very very good, but it's one of those games that lacks the draw for me. And that compared to Mario sixty four and even Mario Sunshine, there's very little makes me want to go back to it. It's like once you've seen it, you go, "Woohoo, that's cool! That looks really pretty. Some nice new mechanics." Yeah, I'm done with it. Really? Yeah, it it, it works in like sort of, you know mechanically most of the time, which is more than could be said for like Sonic games in terms of cameras. For <laughs> <laughs> but, God, um, the, the old um, Mad Space level from Sonic Adventure two. Yeah, to mind whether occasionally you'd just actually be able to spin on the spot, pushing one direction on the control stick. <laughs> yeah, because the gravity would be the gravity on that was like really bizarrely. It wasn't pulling. It wasn't ever straight, was it? Some, in some, in some, <laughs> of, in some of the planets were weird shapes, so the, the gravity was like at weird angles, which is probably what would happen. But it's, <laughs> it's and uh, there was that there was that like one planet where the camera would go into sort of an overhead view, but then when you ran across the equator of the planet, your controls would switch around, so you just ended up running around in a circle on the equator because every time you crossed the equator, your controls would send you the opposite direction again. Well, so if you push straight up, you'd you'd run in a circle over the, if you were yeah. near the equator. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was just really bad. But yeah, so Mario Galaxy does that better. But it, and the other trouble with Galaxy is there's just no kind of there's for some reason there's just no feeling of like story or I mean not that like Mario sixty four really had a story, but there's just you don't feel like you're progressing because it's just like everything is just in space. <laughs> like, I know what you mean. It was nice. Bunch of it was nice things and... in space. Yeah, it's ni- it was nice in 64 and Sunshine, isn't it, where the sort of bits of the hub world make a bit more sense, you know, like they feel a bit more directly connected to where you go rather than just weird space cannons. But... Yeah, it's like in Sunshine, although everywhere was like, this is a tropical island, so everywhere's going to look vaguely the same. It's like there was a sort of, you know, vaguely themed sort of areas. And then obviously yeah, you had like... Every world the... had a theme. 
And then yeah, when you're in right. space, it's just like, here's some balls in space. I mean, there was the occasional one like, where it's like, here's the ice planet where it's just, we might as well have just made this level inside because it's not going to use the space thing at all, basically. It's just gonna... Yeah, there were some weird ones like that, weren't there? Like the, uh, the bumblebee land, isn't it? Where it's not, it's not really using the spherical space mechanics. It's, no. it's basically a weird hovering world with normal gravity, which mysteriously has sky. It's you know it broke all the all the design rules, but in actual fact, some of those were most some of my favourite levels. Yeah, the ones where you did where it was more like just more like Mario sixty four. <laughs> it's just like Guys, here's a level with a theme. Would you say? Um, I, I'm interested to know whether uh, lag. Or, or, oh, <laughs> I, I'm interested to know if you prefer um, Mario Galaxy or Sunshine. Sunshine. Ooh. That's a toughie for me, actually. I Zach, I... Zach, you liked Sunshine more than most, didn't you? You actually liked, a lot of people <laughs> yes, didn't like. I agree Sunshine. with that. Yes, yeah. A lot of people didn't like it at all. I did. I reason. didn't really like the whole flood thing. I much preferred Mario sixty four. But the thing about Mario sixty four was it was absolutely amazing because it was like practically the first three D platformer, and they got it so right like, the first time. Practically <laughs> platformer, platformer, not pratfaller. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty much the same because you're always making pratfalls in it, but. Um... Yeah, they got it so right the first time. And and the camera thing, just as you're talking about, that's one thing about the Mario games was like, that was like the first 3D platformer and they got the camera right. And that's so hard to do. You see so many games fail to get the camera right and people complain in reviews all the time. But then the again, with, with Mario 64, they did conveniently have like four spare buttons to allow you to control the camera manually. That's true. Although it, it was good because the controller was almost designed for the game there because it was labeled C, wasn't it? The C pack <laughs> sort of thing. C stood for camera, camera didn't controls. it, originally? Yeah, <laughs> and, and no other game really, really used it for that, did they? Well, I don't know. The other, other platformers like Banjo and stuff. <laughs> yes, oh, I guess came Ban- afterwards, basically. Yeah. Well, the controller the was. They, they make no excuses, do they? The controller was designed for that game. Which is fair enough, I think. I mean, uh, nobody ever used the uh, the other half of that controller, the D-pad half, did they? I, mean, oh, I don't know. It was easier to control Ridge Racer using it. Yeah, that was like the one thing. Which yeah. is weird because, like, a racing game that you want digital controls. Because <laughs> that's Ridge Racer. Right? That like, is Ridge Racer. You don't want precise steering. You just want to maximum lock it on every corner to do insane power slides. I quite like digital control on Wipeout as well. Although Wipeout 64 was a terrible game. but uh, <laughs> It was really slow running. It, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't the best. No, there there were some weird, weird, weird choices. Like the uh, the music, they decided to use... Um, like licensed tracks, which everyone knows the N64 really wasn't capable of handling because no. of space. So what they did is they ended up making the, the songs but cutting them out into the looping segments and then have those looping segments repeat a few times and then move on to a different looping segment and play that a few times. Except mm. for the fact that the the, 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 the loops were, weren't smooth, so there'd be this awkward pause between the loops where it just wouldn't fit together quite right. <laughs> I so think maybe the, they yeah. had to do that for marketing reasons because Wipeout 3 was such a big success with all the DJs and all that. You know, that was <laughs> yeah, a big yeah. deal at the time. It always maybe has they been. Thought, well, this will ship units if, if, if we put licensed music into it, you know, so we have yeah. to figure out a way. Well, the to big do sticker it. was is like, uh, yeah, exclusive songs from Fluke and things like that. And the... Yeah, exactly. But uh, it didn't work out really. I don't know. It was, a, it was an interesting one. It wasn't a bad Wipeout game. You just had to turn the music off. <laughs> yeah. 
going back to Mario Sunshine again okay. about why I like it probably more than Galaxy. I think the other major problem with Galaxy was they their stupid power-ups. Because it was just like, oh, it's a Mario game, we need to invent new power-ups for no particular reason. It's like, right. I don't want to be a boo. <laughs> I don't know, I don't In have space. a problem. I really have a problem with that. If it introduces new control mechanics, then that's fine. Yeah, but they they were just like really pointless, and it's like they were literally really pointless gimmicks. Where it's like only one level actually uses them. It's like the boo level that you use the boo power up in. I admit, as a, as a marketing scheme, it doesn't really make much sense. They would have been better yeah. off not telling us about them and have them just sort of happen. And you go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was heavy on the B suit, wasn't it? Because it was like yeah. a link to Mario Brothers three with the raccoon suit, wasn't it? Stuff like that. <laughs> Only the B suit was shitty compared to the. Have you seen the new one? It made a cool a... noise. It's a, I, th- I think it's a cloud now. Have you seen you turn into yeah, a cloud, cloud or suit or something? Yeah, I'm more Gay interested suit. in because, of course, what they've, <laughs> they've made the the classic move of of a, a Super Mario sequel of bringing in Yoshi. So yeah, that's, that's just that's... going to be bad as well. Basically, Why don't they, they do... ever get it right the first time and say, Yoshi, main character, stick him in the fucking first one? <laughs> well, they... I don't know. And in Galaxy 2, they're going to make the classic error, which is just going to enhance the badness of the controls and camera, because they've already like hinted that there'll be the classic Yoshi move of eat this sort of hot peppery thing, and then you move really fast. And that's just not going to go well on like really narrow platforms over instant death bits. <laughs> What, you mean you move really fast and you can't stop? Yeah, it's going to be like one of those, you know, because Yoshi's done that thing before. Where yeah, it's like, he has, yeah. You go into turbo mode and then you run around really quickly. That's just not going to work. <laughs> the Smash Brothers curry, you mean? Yeah, like that. I'll tell you what, I don't think Galaxy, and the, the, I suppose the, the big question or, you know, answer ah, issue with, with Galaxy I have is it doesn't strike me as one of those games that ever needed a sequel. No, but the thing is, it's... there's no games coming out on the Wii, so they obviously. <laughs> uh, well, thought, well, we can Metroid do Other M is the only one I'm interested in. Yeah, but Nintendo developed for a start. You need, that's what everyone's waiting for, aren't they? Really, I mean, I want to know what happened. Right, going, going back to sort of failed, well, not failed Ninty projects, but things that don't seem to exist anymore. Is uh, uh you guys are both are both aware that one of my favourite games of all time is uh the F Zero GX. Oh yes, because it's so brilliant and so underrated. Um, it is. I agree with you there. It's not my which, kind of game, but I um yeah, it was great, which, and the graphics are amazing. You know, there are so many little nice touches, like the electric bolts that come out the back of the ship when you boost, that are yeah. random every time. They're actually they're procedurally generated. It's not a fixed animation, and they just look so good. Um, yeah, and the game still looks good now if you play it. It's it runs well, one a... of the things that really helps is, yeah, it runs a, a clip, which um, a modern games generally only run at, even those racing games. Any, well, no, that's not true. I guess you get like, like serious racing games like uh, Forza 3 run at 60 frames per second, don't they? But, it's, um... it's rare, though, isn't it? Wipeout's the only, only one that immediately snaps to mind other than Forza. Exactly, yeah. And uh, something with crazy graphics. Well, and Gran Turismo. That's going to be a 60 frame one. How much? How fast does Blur run? You've been playing the demo of that. The Blur's a, a thirty frame. It's using oh, the okay. sort of classic bizarre engine. So it's a, um, you know, like like the, um, ah, what we got the Project Gotham's and uh, Metro- uh, yeah, all the Project bizarre. Gotham's. Other than the first one, it runs at thirty. What what did the first one run at? First one, um, the first Project Gotham on on the uh, original Xbox ran at full sixty. 
I thought so, yeah. I really like that game, that first one. Cause, I mean, yeah, the but none of them have more. ever got close to Metropolis Street Racer, damn it. <laughs> oh, I know. You guys really like that. I used to get very irritated by the uh, radio on Metropolis Street Racer. I didn't like the music that really, like <laughs> it, it's it was good, but it, again, it needed it needed a bigger a bigger lineup. Then it would have been yeah. fine. But I suppose when you're limited by the old uh, GD ROMs that the uh, Dreamcast used, I suppose there was only so much you could do. And at the time, I was really excited by uh, PGR because the original Xbox had that your own music feature, which was quite revolutionary at the time. Even now, I mean, the 360 has a kind of a fudge system to get that to work. But at the time, yeah, I don't know like, why they changed that. The old, the old Xbox did it much better. I mean, the new one system would work if it wasn't guide controlled. Yeah, a well, lot of it, games could have benefited from being able to control the uh, the network the music, music player itself. or the or, or the soundtrack music player. Exactly, because it was obviously part of the software development kit that they had controls to of the music. For, and oh, some, oh, some games didn't bother with it, but racing games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Burnout was the best example, wasn't it? How you could put, say, the, uh, um, the Mona Lisa Overdrive from The Matrix um, to make your racing super exciting. But then it would also do the cool slowdown thing when you got the crash cams. Yeah, yeah. It would actually use the music, yeah, in a good way. Well, that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, going PGR back to that. that was like the only music I had on my Xbox. I made a playlist specifically for Burnout, and that was the only yeah. music I ever put on there. <laughs> yeah, no, I did the same. I used to like uh, driving around uh, Central Park in a Ferrari F50 at ridiculous speeds, listening to the Chemical Brothers <laughs> on my little TV in my room, like after school. That was great. Oh, PGR. Going back to what I was initially going to say about F Zero, though. Yeah. There's two big questions here that we that that well, I keep saying this. There's two big questions. They're really big questions. <laughs> I want to know what they are uh, now. <laughs> yeah. No, and how big are they exactly? They, they are. They're about the size of my fist. <laughs> That's enormous. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it, it begs me two questions. One, why haven't they brought F Zero to the Wii? Right, yeah. Because F-Zero GX is, to me, the pinnacle of the franchise. You know, it was an amazing game. Why the heck haven't they carried it on? And two, where the hell are Amusement Vision? Hmm. The guys behind it in Monkey Ball. I mean, I'm not sure they even make the Monkey Ball anymore. I think it's someone else. I think they might have been split up. Something might have. I think something happened to them. I think Sega's gone through some weird changes. I mean... I mean, it went through that huge change when they stopped doing hardware, but even since then, while they've been doing software, it's gone through some strange restructurings and stuff. I think it's a lot smaller than it used to be. Yeah, and some of the also... big guys don't exist anymore, do they? Like, I don't think AM2 exists anymore. They're, the, the sort of games that they used to make are now handled yeah. by Sumo. Yeah, and they've, like, done some, no, they've gone into like, some odd areas, like publishing PC games and things, you know, haven't they? Like, they published Rome, Total War, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I, don't, I don't think their, their publishing side is, is really that out of whack. It's their in-house stuff that's a bit strange. Yeah. Like, um, why did they... Well, what happened to Smilebit as well? Probably oh, one no. of their more, more talented houses. Yeah, Jet Set Radio would be amazing on a modern... Con- I still think it'd be great for the PSP, even though it's a bit of a dead platform now, I guess. But uh, don't you think you'd like need the analog control? But... Sorry? Do you think you'd need it? Yeah. Well, it has got the little nub, hasn't it? So you could use that on the, on the PSP. Little nub. Yeah, you know, the analog nub, as they call it. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's rubbish. Yeah, it's pretty rubbish. Yeah. Mm. It's just really uncomfortable. Good yeah. way to give, make your thumb feel like it's 80 years old. 
Yeah, the only thing worse than that was the Metroid on the DS. That really kills. I, I don't know if you've tried that, Metroid Prime Hunters. I never actually played the full thing. I kind of wanted to, but... Oh, it was yeah, good. No, it's, 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 it's the fire tr- pumping, isn't it? Yeah, the problem was you had to hold the DS... Uh, so you had to control the D-pad with your thumb and uh, look around by uh, pressing the stylus on the screen, uh, you know, to drag, to look around, which worked great, okay. But that meant you were holding up the whole console with one hand. And the, 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 the problem was that you had to also use your left index finger to press the shoulder button to fire. That's the problem, because you had your hand in quite an arty, contorted shape, and you were holding up the entire console and pressing down on it using the stylus. And just after... A, and you know Metroid, you just... You spend a lot of time wandering around exploring and stuff, and after a while, it just really hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's a shame because it, it was actually quite a good control scheme for for a first person game on the DS. In fact, are there any other FPSs on the? There must be a few. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There's there's been a couple, and a couple of them have said they've actually worked quite well, but can't yeah. remember them off the top of my head. I I thought it might have been better. I never tried this, but I thought it might have been better if you could have used that little... You know, the fat DS came with that little thing that you had on your thumb that you could press onto the um, onto the screen instead of a stylus. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, that doesn't come with the, the DS Lite or any of the new ones. And uh, that might have been used. good. Yeah, well, you could have then h- held the uh, console with both hands and just used the... You see what I mean? Although it would have obscured your vision slightly, which is the other problem, yeah. isn't it? They yeah. did try and use it, didn't they? Like Super Mario 64 DS. Well, that was one Weird of the first games. Uh, yeah, it? supposedly used, you know, had, had specific support for the thumb pad, um, as did the uh, Metroid Hunters. But past that, I think they sort of ditched it and think, no one uses this. Yeah. It's not really in the spirit of the uh, console as the... You know, in terms well, of no, and you'd have to... On the original DS, you had to stretch your thumb quite a distance. Yeah, I guess that did improve. So, guys, what do you think of this? And no one really knows much about it, but what do you think of the 3DS idea? Do you know? Um, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that they've. Um, I'm I'm worried that it will, unless they improve the screens significantly, it's going to be quite low resolution because they've announced it's going to be for a single user, which instantly means they're going to be using a lenticular screen, um, right. which means you then need to be sending. Um, it, well, each pixel of the screen is basically being sent to one eye and one eye only, which means that unless they double the resolution of the screen, um, you're going to be getting fairly poop. Um, well, I fairly... imagine the resolution will be significantly higher than the DS. I think. Well, let's be hope because that's the DS's biggest failure at the moment, isn't it? It's just yeah, rare. If terrible. you think about, I mean, they've made all that money. They might they're going to plow some of it into R and D, and I think like, considering how well they've done with the Wii and the DS. They they could uh, create something on the sort of R&D level of Apple, you know, something with a really high, like, you know, innovation level in terms let's of... Let's hope, because let's be honest, the iPhone is actually quite a big uh, contender on the gaming front. It is, yeah. I mean, uh, ever since, like, the 3GS improved the... Uh, the clock speed on that thing quite significantly, and uh, it's got the touch screen and everything. Uh, they make big claims, Apple, because uh, it, 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 they say, "Oh, we've we've sold ten times as many games as um, as Nintendo and you know, as, and and Sony in the portable space combined." Ten times but, as many uh, terrible yeah, games. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're just apps. They're not like full blown games. So it's a really stupid statistic, and they shouldn't really be trying. Peggle aside, they're all rubbish. Uh, well, well okay, good, a lot of them are rubbish, but <laughs> some of them are good, but they are 
Or they're really, games. really tiny micro games, aren't they? A lot of them. Exactly. And that doesn't mean they can't be really well designed or something. No, no. Well, look at the really... gadget show. You know, they made a little, uh, <laughs> a, li- a little motorbike stunt game, uh, which is a free download. And I, d- I wonder if that counts as one of their sales figures. All the the free light no. versions of games. If, but... if it's free, it doesn't count. I don't think. Ah, okay. Actual sales, but even so, you're talking 50p games and stuff rather than like ah, yeah, yeah. titles. Yeah, but yeah, I the don't 3DS know. 3DS desperately needs to be backwards compatible, <laughs> even though it looked shitty. If these lenticular screens, because you know that if if it's going to try and display 2D, they're going to it's going to be you know you're going to have to have some 2D elements and there's going to be 2D games, but you know yeah. that kind of technology is always going to make non 3D look slightly weird, I suspect. Also, I'm really worried that the hardware is just not going to be quick enough. I mean, in in my experiences with 3D, um, you know, uh, just to clear this up, I sort of work on a sort of broadcasty uh, type environment. Um, so 3D is very much the uh, buzzword around the office. Um, if you like, one of the things we've sort of uh, discovered in doing all of this is that high frame rate really makes a difference. Um, yeah. Running high motion um, video, uh, for instance, games like Team Fortress or Left 4 Dead, which work really well in 3D, you need an immense frame rate. I mean, we're talking 120 frames upwards to get the best out of it. Yeah. Um, Film sort of gets away with it because we're kind of used to that speed of motion. But if, if, if for any reason, if the action is is jerky or the frame rate is inconsistent, then the effect really breaks down much faster than it would on a normal screen. So unless the hardware is really grunty and can push stuff really quickly, the 3DS just isn't going to work. It's just going to well, be awkward and weird. And <laughs> Nintendo are not going to put out something that that doesn't work. They're, they're not that thick. I don't. I mean, they have done in the past, but uh, you I know, don't know. 3D at the moment, unless they do it really, unless they do it really well, it's going to be a shameless cash in that will fail. Yeah, I mean, they're really upset actually, Nintendo, that they had to announce it because they were kind of forced to. I think it was a leak or something. They didn't want to talk about it. I don't think they're ready to talk about it. Really, um, that's what I heard. That, that's why yeah. there wasn't a big deal and a big press conference and everything. It might have no. to be one of these things as well that uses um, uh, a screen that can perhaps turn the 3D off. I mean, one of my concerns is that because it's a lenticular screen, they're instantly losing half the resolution of whatever screen they put in there. Um, right, or, yeah. you know, visible resolution, because half of it's going to each eye. Um, but unless they're using it... one of those cl- clever screens that can mechanically move the lenses so they um, go back oh. to a 2D mode screen. Uh, yeah. Which would be very neat. It means they then get double resolution, and you know all the hardware then is pretty much like a faster DS, which is no bad thing. Well, it might mean that, like Zach, you're saying, I think you're quite, it's quite likely that it will be backwards compatible because Nintendo have done that in the past, and it's very sensible given the sheer number of DS games out there. Um, yeah, you know, unless they want to shift a whole base. new batch of brain training. Yeah, so <laughs> you, maybe the screens will just be double the resolution of, of a DS. Simple as that. You know, because then they can do the 3D. And I don't think they switch. need the 3D. I really don't. I think in a in a handheld, it's just a bad idea. Well, I don't know. Going, what's, um, what's worse, playing a DS and getting car sick, um, or playing a 3D <laughs> device, which is likely to make a lot of people quite ill anyway, in a car. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. Because you'd have to hold it in a specific position, probably. Yeah, it's probably it's, it because it's a lenticular. Because it's likely to be a lenticular screen, the hotspot will be relatively small. And well, you know, I hate. It's like there's some 
I don't even it's like when I'm playing this, you don't hold it up or anything. It's like you rest it on things or at weird angles. It's like if they providing they can like market research the sort of correct position. But then because this is Japan, you always suspect with things coming out of Japan that um, require physical interaction that they'll somehow get it wrong. Because obviously Japanese people are all weirdly sized. <laughs> <That's the old laughs> cliche goes. Okay. Is that anybody else say virtual boy? Oh, like, I know. Japanese but they people know are all super short. So it's like at arm's length in Japan will be too close or something. I don't know. It just so. cock up somehow. I think that's one kind of stupid error that you imagine could happen. I think there is an advantage there to to uh, having 3D on a portable, though, is is the fact that single user makes sense with a portable system where it doesn't make sense with a TV based. <laughs> but they've just gone through this whole effort of releasing that the, the you know the huge DS that whatever the fuck it's called that... XL that uh, no, the yeah. XL DS that they've just released now, where they're like now lots of people can watch you play games. <laughs> but they did the next version of the DS. We get rid of that again. <laughs> Fuck those other people. Yeah. No, no, no. But, that but was the XL was thing. partly. Yeah, the XL was partly designed for the uh, growing aging gaming market. Yeah. yeah well, they uh, say that. But... No, I That's think they're serious. Giant brain training. Because in Japan, the, the elderly um, uh, it makes up a massive po- proportion of the population, and a lot of oh, yes, their technology is, is uh, geared the towards helping them. Like a lot of robots and stuff they make. Maybe. Yeah. Well, are they even selling it out here? They are, aren't they? I mean, that was the thing about the the 3DS announcement was they had to make it because it was leaked or something and they were annoyed because it clashed with the XL announcement. Yeah, where it's like, who's going to buy an XL now? 3D one's coming. It's going to be a while, I think. At some undefined point. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a little while, I think. We'll see. So what have you guys been playing this week? Yeah, I thought we better ask this question. I've start... been trying to at some point through this. Uh, yeah, I've heard the question happen at least twice so far. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Try it again, it Dan. <laughs> okay, I'm asking you, Zach. So go ahead. What you've been up to? Uh, we, we're going for classic. Ignore Rob because he failed to answer the first attempt. Hello. Uh, something like that. <laughs> well, what I've been playing is nothing new, so not very much of interest. So. I've been playing some somewhat of Eve, but that's just sort of in the build-up for the planetary introduction. No real new information there. Are I you still? The bombs, but that's not going to be very interesting. <laughs> to talk you're still about. investigating the planets and stuff. And it, well, I've I investigated a few more, mainly to see what because it's like talk, see about the distribution, and then I went and read the forums and read sort of like what you can actually make from these planets to see if the distribution was interesting. Yeah. Right. They're just planets, and probably it's looking more and more likely that all the planets will just be reseeded with the patch anyway. So all oh, the so planet be different. types will change anyway. Oh, okay, yeah. Which what do you mean annoying. distribution? Uh, well, you—it's like there's each there's like there's a certain different types of planets, like you know, temperate and barren and whatever. And then there's like certain types are more rare, so like oceanic planets there aren't very many of, and plasma planets, and even lava planets are fairly rare. Plasma planet? What the hell is a plasma planet? Like a gas I'm giant. glad you picked up. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> it's it like it, an it, entire like a, a super... planet of comet. No, it, it's a weird. It's or a curries. weird. Um... <laughs> Dixon's electrical. Sorry, it's, not, it's not just a giant pile of TVs. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. It's a, it's a weird planet that's like has some weird magnetic field interaction with the star, and it creates plasma storms on the surface. So the surface I'm just is go, all black I'm just and go to the planet that's ready for the hood. So it's. <laughs> 
<laughs> planet look at it too. Yes. So plasma planets are just like another weird kind of planet. But then obviously like <laughs> these these sorts of planets that I was like, oh they're slightly more rare. And from my actual exp- exploration around in the game, they are more rare. But it's like, is it actually worth going to these planets for their resources? Nah, not really. <laughs> they have sort of Well, you still don't know, do you? Well, you have no idea, really. Like, like the actual products you extract from the plants, they're starting to look more finalized. I see. So, assuming, I mean, the actual number of those planets might change, but the actual resources on each specific type of planet, they're sort of averaged out. It's like each type of planet has some kind of resource that probably makes it worthwhile because it's more so... rare on that planet or whatever. Are things changing, like uh, moving up to the release of the patch? Then, like yes, noticeably, it's, it seems like they're still doing a lot of work, which makes me suspect that it comes out it will be somewhat unfinished as usual, as this kind of patch always is, where it's like we've done a lot of playtesting, and then when we release it, suddenly it will, everyone else will playtest it and discover that it's actually broken in some stupid way, or not very interesting, or we need to expand it some more. So, have you had a look round again and found that like the stats have changed? Well, yeah, sort of. Not not as much now. They're sort of getting towards more finalized numbers by the looks of it. Okay. But uh, from what I've been hearing, they did when they actually announced the planetary stuff at the fan fest like a year or two ago or something. They they promised a lot a lot of stuff which clearly is not going to make it. Like you know, actual interactions with the planetary population and pollution and all this kind of stuff. Like politicians. By the looks of it. What so you can um you can mine planets that are habit- uh, habited what's the word? Yes, Inhabited. You can you can in, you can interact with the temperate planets they're called. I think I misheard that. It, did you just say you could mine for inhabitants? <laughs> no, uh, I meant fish. mine <laughs> yeah. on a planet that has inhabitants. That yeah, are although it won't extract like the like the temperate planets produce things that aren't minerals like microorganisms or <laughs> planktonic colonies or something you know do they produce some do they produce things in factories like technology that are made by the population that you could uh, exploit well i i imagine that might have been the theory but by the sounds of it this is just going to be literally there's not going to be anything particularly deep about this first release it's going to be like put some extractors down make some products (laughs) right and do you think you're not going to have to account for like people or pollution or anything the theory is on it well, yeah, because the theory was that the I'm not sure about like the the population interaction and the pollution and all that kind of stuff. That's like that could happen eventually to just kind of make this more you know interactive and advanced. But the, obviously, the main thing they were aiming for was to tie it in with their dust FPS thing, because the planetary the like the factories and stuff on the planets will somehow be linked to the FPS games that go on. Like you'll be able to attack installations. Mm. in the fps okay well you'd think if that was the case then by the time that comes out they'd want to make it actually quite important in the world of eve yeah it is by the looks of the products that they've said so far it's going to be fairly important because you can make a lot of the fuel that you need for the deep space stations but like because a lot of that stuff at the moment just comes straight from npcs on the market so it's looking like they're going to like phase out the NPCs and put all the supply onto this planetary production. Well, that's good, isn't which it? Which could really badly screw things up somehow. 
Yeah, but the economy will like balance itself out, presumably, once they transfer to that. You have to assume so. That's that's assuming that there's not some kind of if they if they don't make it profitable enough to start with, so no one does it, and then like there'll be a period when there's not enough station fuel flying around. Yeah, but then they'll the profit, won't they? Yeah, they just need. I think they just need to make it slightly over profitable to start with to encourage right. people to do it. Just and to make turn sure. it down. Yeah, that, that have they done that in the past? Because that seems like a sensible strategy for a patch with a new. Well, I, I don't really know about like that kind of economics because I uh, I wasn't really that big into the main ways of production when they did it the first time, like the moon mining and stuff when they first introduced the uh, station fueling and that kind of stuff. Okay, because you don't have any stations, because you're you... <laughs> no. But that is the other the other good thing that's looking from these latest planetary interaction informations. It will be relatively cheap and easy to do. Okay. Probably everyone will be able to do it. Like just like they said, new players. Yes, just like they said. Hmm, which would be nice for a change, for it not just to be a stupid marketing thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how's the economy going at EVE? Because I find that one of the most interesting things about EVE. I don't think eco- economics in general is that. <laughs> in the real world, is always... I mean, it is fascinating, but it's just too in-depth. Whereas EVE, like, it's just crazy because every time there's a new patch, everything gets messed up and everything goes crazy. I think it's yeah, really I interesting. Yeah, I haven't noticed any particular... There's been... I, I mean, the only things I really notice is sort of... Oh, look, the base mineral prices are sort of shifting gradually, where it's like suddenly the low-end minerals are becoming more expensive and the high-end minerals are going down in price. Something must be happening somewhere. It's like mm. oh, it, all these big numbers, because it's, it's like with the minerals, the amount that gets traded is so gigantic. It's obviously something happening somewhere in the universe, but there's no real way of working out what the hell it is or whether it's just a weird global trend. Could you be have like to pay a lot more attention? <laughs> could you be in Eve like an investigative journalist and go around trying to find out what's actually going on rather than actually interacting in the fights and stuff? Just to try and you know fly around a little ship to figure out what's actually going on between the corporations <laughs> by talking to people and then write it all in a in a newspaper. People have tried, and there is kind of a lot, there's sort of a news feed type thing in the game where they take submissions from players who write news stories. Okay, that's quite good about actual events happening. And there have been people, various people who have literally just flown around in tiny ships and gone like, don't kill me, I just want to talk to you. And then they've talked to people and all that kind of stuff. And then like been killed. Yeah, they got killed, of course. Yeah, but it doesn't matter so much if you're only in a little ship. If, you know, if no. you spend all, all your money on, like, uh, clones, then you probably... Yeah, but somehow they've still got to make their money, and I don't think journalism pays. No, but it's like a fun thing to do in, in terms yeah. of... Yeah, it's, that not, could it's be not a money-making thing, thing, I guess. Unless, of yeah. course, you become famous enough from doing it that people just donate you money. Well, maybe <laughs> they could have co- corporation propagandists that are like journalists with spin. <laughs> that too. I guess if you had a big ship, you could be um, you could be more of a gonzo journalist, you know, and uh, go in and actually interact and make the story by blowing the shit out of people and stuff. <laughs> you know, taking take lots of drugs and all that. What's his name? Yeah. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> Style. That'd be crazy. Fear and loathing in Eve. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, there should be a newspaper, shouldn't there? Because, I, I mean, it'd be quite fun to write a, a financial column, you know, about the economics of Eve. Well, they do fun. literally, they literally, like a couple of years ago, hired an econ- econ- uh, economist. did they? Okay. Yeah. So he, he makes, like, quarterly reports or whatever about oh, the economy of Eve. Job. That'd be a really fun job. 
It must be no, it wouldn't time consuming. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be quite interesting. And also, like, and whenever there was a massive financial collapse, it wouldn't mean anybody really lost their job, which would be great. <laughs> would be are, you, are, you, are you saying you could train for an economy job in Eve? No, probably not. But I mean, it, it's an analogy to the real world, isn't it? It's nothing really like it has similarities to the real world. But I mean, it's got big shocks and stuff that happen much more frequently than in the real world because they keep changing stuff, don't they? Yeah. It's like, like, unlike the real world, like the like the minerals that an item is made of can be changed at any time. Yeah, and totally throw off the balance of like mineral prices. Like there'd be no way to suddenly devalue oil and make gas incredibly valuable in the real world. <laughs> you know, something like that. You can't nerf oil, unfortunately. You know, that would be that would be great. <laughs> that would solve a lot of problems in the real world. Yeah. Are you listening, barons? <laughs> are you listening so that's OPEC for Eve still still the patches due on the 18th so two more weeks <laughs> until okay. we have something actually to talk about okay so what else have you been playing then and the other thing I've been playing this week is Team Fortress 2 again because they patched that update oh, 119 yeah they make a big deal of it for for random comedy reasons aren't they they patched it and really weirdly fucked up I don't know. Stuff seems different in a way that is not necessarily good. Well, I, we, we've Tell both experienced it. crashes. Um, well, yeah, the crashes in bad. a short space of time. Yeah, there's quite a few. There's quite a few little glitches. Um, Zach crashed twice in one evening, and I, <laughs> I, and saw, I crashed once. I saw once. an excellent video on YouTube of possibly the worst bug ever. Although I think they may have may have fixed this at least partially in the in the very quick patch. Is it a teleporter after thing? the main one? <laughs> yeah, it's teleporter yeah, I heard about thing. this. <laughs> what, hap- what happens you could because it was there was a bug where engineers could build more buildings than they were meant to which was oh, right. awesome which was awesome for a while and then they they tried to fix that but they left something in where you could still do it but using negative numbers or some weird thing you had to use negative numbers <laughs> that's all i know about it negative numbers <laughs> but um you could create a teleporter where anyone that looked at it would crash <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> You just like put it in the middle of a corridor and then you just end up with like lines of people at the end of the corridor all just standing there because they timed out just their characters just looking at this teleporter. <laughs> it's fine as long as you tell your team like at the start of the game right I'm going to put a crash porter in here don't anybody walk this way and we'll, well win. Apparently, <laughs> nobody go to the intelligence room. <laughs> apparently, the problem with that tactic was though that it only works on your own team. So, <laughs> uh, uh, so you can't use it as a, uh, an anti... Oh. An anti-intelligence swipe. No, it's like, use it as an ingenious mind. It's basically the ultimate griefing tool, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one of the hilarious bugs that they managed to introduce. With this the patch. Medusa teleport. Anyone that looks at it turns to stone. <laughs> yep. That was, the, <laughs> that was the thing. But then it was like, um, I don't know, something about the whole, when they did all the rebalancing for like the pyro and heavy and stuff, I don't know. It just seems really off. Maybe it's just because now lots of people have started playing heavy again. Like, I'm, oh, quite excited. I'm quite excited they've buffed the back burner at last because I quite like the back burner, so, which nobody else does. So I can't um, say I've 20... noticed much of an improvement playing it's as plus, it. It's plus 20% it, damage, apparently. It's supposed which is... to be. I still I find, they the, say the, that, but the, they, find they... the flame seems to be a bit dodgy these days. I don't know, just the flame in general, not just the back burner, but the normal one. Sort of like whether it hits or not seems back. really <laughs> unpredictable. Mm. I've been lagging more post patch, but that might just be coincidental. So maybe th- that's not helping the flamings. Can't say I've noticed a difference on that front. 
I think with the back burner, what they should buff, instead of buffing the damage, they should just uh, change the uh, the back uh, degree so it's the same as the spy backstab. Cause at the yeah, no, the, the back burn effect is really small, and that's yeah, really quite irritating. Say, someone did claim, because I've been reading the freaking Team Fortress 2 forums as well, which is a bad idea, but there have been claims that in actual fact the 20% buff to the back burner hasn't really increased its DPS by 20% as much as, you know... It's changed the values, but not its effect necessarily. And mm. that supposedly there may have been a stealth buff to the backburn angle, but maybe not as much as the backstab angle. No, yeah, no. It's, st- it's still rubbish. There's still many times where I feel like I'm hitting someone from from behind, and it's not it's not working. It only it seems to sort of go crit like once out of an entire stream, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's a bit I crap. Think- I don't think it has to be as wide as the spies, really, but it does need to be somewhere between where it where it has been and the spies. Back no, there. no, I think you're right. It's, it it needs to be it needs to be bigger than what it is, but the spy needs a bit more freedom than that. Exactly, I think that I think that would work well. I think my main problem with this post patch environment is there's loads of heavies all the time now, but now there's so many counters to spies, they're not getting backstabbed nearly enough. It's yeah, really but brain slug hats. <laughs> Those were in the previous patch. That wasn't this patch. Oh, were they? Well, it doesn't matter. Brain slug hats. <laughs> Futurama style. Is, is yeah. that um, community content, Matt? Yeah. Probably. It, well, <laughs> okay. it, was, it was in the community content patch. To go with we must go bar. to Brain Slug Planet for vacation. <laughs> that could be good. I'd look, have you seen that around then? Have you, can you earn those uh, community stuff just by playing? What's the new drop system like, by the way? The new, There's drop, a new drop system is kind of, kind of yeah. dumb. They've made it so that now... Um, I can't remember how they described it, but you, you're you pretty much guaranteed to get drops rather than it being totally random. Because you yeah. know how you'd, you'd get people who were naturally unlucky who would never get anything because it would roll and it would say, no, no drop this time, no drop this time, no drop this yeah. time. Now it's like you, you're guaranteed to get a certain amount of drops, but it's limited to a maximum number per week. That's right. Oh, there's a roll-off on it, isn't there? So if you play like for two hours a week or something then you're guaranteed to get one every 20 minutes or something, but then it starts to drop off, doesn't it? So if you're an idler, you won't get any more. On well, that's fine. I think well. that sounds pretty good, to be honest. I think it sounds good, yeah. I mean, it'd be good for me. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. it's not It's not punishing players that can't play quite so often as the hardcores, then. Exactly, yeah, that's the idea. I wouldn't say I've been seeming to get a lot more drops so far, and I haven't had any more hats, so... <laughs> but yeah, you play an awful lot, though, Zach, so it probably doesn't affect you as much as it would us, you know? No. Do you get more... Did Can you, like, tell from the drops when it's reset itself to a new week? So do you get, like, a spurt? No, it doesn't, and then doesn't tell look off? like it. Well, oh, okay. it hasn't really been long enough after the patch to really say. No, I suppose you'll figure that out. And I haven't been playing that much recently. It might be a rolling average sort of thing. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Have you seen that they've finally got a, made a deal with someone to make a TF2 figurines at last? Yeah, yes. yeah. That I is pretty wait. cool. The heavy. I mean, I want the engineer with his um with his gun turret to put on my desk because uh, as an engineer, well, you know, as a software engineer, you'll know. And let's well, hope that. it really shoots things. Yeah, all, I don't want it to shoot stuff. I just want to be able to press a button on it and it just turn from left to right making a beep beep sound. That would be ideal. That's all I want. It would be, it'd it be awesome if it actually had a motion sensor as well. Yeah, uh, that would be cool. But uh, that I would be fine with it. Could they model those Nerf on webcams on it? 
Oh, they no, because you can get, you can get you can get like those Nerf webcam controlled cannons, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you can get those. I don't know if it would look good enough though. You'd have to. I think you'd have to make that yourself to make it look. You'd. You I guess have to make you it could. Huge. You could put the things in the gun barrels of a like a level two, like in the mini gun barrels. You could probably fit a little projectile and like yeah, you know, yeah. one in each, and then and then you could probably put the the webcam. Somewhere within the body, in the rocket launcher. If you made it a level three. You could put yeah, in the rocket launcher. Turret in the, put the camera in the rockets. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Hmm, interesting, but still, I don't mind. Just a figurine in general would be really cool. I mean, because uh, they haven't. It's not. They haven't. I think there's quite a lot of demand for that. I can imagine. Like I was in Forbidden Planet the other day, and they have so much crap in there, like little action figurines of Kurt Cobain and. Really? Yeah, seriously. They have like one of Lemmy from Motorhead, and yeah, they have, does and Kurt they have... Cobain have his mop? Uh, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. His mop. Not 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 um, his hairstyle. I meant his actual yeah. mop. No, yeah. There's um, uh, they all and have little accessories. Uh, um, yeah. So you've got the the, the Jimmy Page has his uh, double neck guitar, and it, it's it, the thing about stuff like that is it's always. It's cool and stuff, but it's slightly too expensive for what it is. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's always like yeah. it's always like if it was ten quid, maybe, but it's always sixteen quid, and it's like that's that's just a piece of plastic, you know? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And like they did, um, I watched the Big Lebowski the other day, and they make action figures for like the dude and and the and the Jesus and stuff like that. And that's just awesome. The little bowling ball and. I, I still kind but of yeah. wish they'd uh, made the uh, Think Geek obelisk action figure. Oh no, moving parts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing about those Think Geek um, April first jokes is that you know sometimes they get made. Like the last last year's one got made, the uh, Tonton sleeping bag. That's amazing. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, and what was it? One of their other ones. It was an iWoot one, wasn't it? The uh, was it the Selkies? You know the the big um, sleeping bags with arms and legs. Um, I think they started as an April Fool's that got made, uh, and the eight bit okay. tie. Okay, <laughs> the eight bit tie is awesome. Mm. Oh, and the uh, personal soundtrack T-shirt that was an April Fool's as well. You should get that, man. You talk about that a lot. Yeah, man, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it's totally cool. I just love love the idea of walking into a room uh, with the Rocky theme or something seen... equally stupid. They've they've featured that on um, uh, Big Bang Theory recently. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Kuta Pali comes in and he uses it, and it's quite funny. So I think a lot of people would have bought it off the uh, off the back of that. To be honest, one of the, one of the things I'd put on it is just you, you don't know quite how often the circumstance come out where someone says something that uh, sound or you know you have one of those awkward moments where you think someone's up to something and you just have to play Marvin Gaye. <laughs> What's going on? Bow, 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 bow. Oh, that okay. I've been feeling love. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I de- you definitely have to have the the, um, the the Jeopardy fail thing. That... Oh, so that's where it's from. I think it's from some American game show, the long running, yes. like the equivalent of Countdown. <laughs> yeah. Is it from Jeopardy's Act? Apparently. That's okay. what they say. <laughs> but we wouldn't know. That's what they say on the internet. But boo, yes, boo, I, boo, I... Boo, 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 boo. I definitely want a TF2 figurine of some kind. The heavy would be fine, but pretty much want to wait. I quite like the heavy. The heavy would be yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I can't tell because there's like, I went on the site and there's like two versions of his expression and I'm not sure if it's a swappable head or whether you can get, there's like him looking more blank and him with the massive grin 
murder murderous grin. And I quite like the sort of blank blank expression on the on the heavy. You know. It'd be great if you could get a version of him eating a sandwich as well. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Don't run. Don't run. <laughs> totally ham. Diatemus babies. I am heavy weapons guy. Use new yeah. kaboom. You hear way yeah. too much of heavy talk now with all these heavies around. I think they buffed the heavies too much. That's what, what, that's what I say. So how match. buffed are they? I mean, Yeah, cause... what have they done? It's reduced spin-up time, and you move faster while spun up. No oh, really? way. Crikey. That's that is insane. That, totally that, was, starts. that was so bad, that made me say crikey. <laughs> you turned ah. into a sniper for a moment. Crikey. Huh? If I was going to buff the heavy, I'd um, like reduce the, um, no, increase the range or reduce the, you know, the spread. spread. That, yeah, no, re- reduce the spread would be cool. Yeah, but it's totally nuts. It's just heavies are so goddamn dangerous <laughs> now because they just like walk around. It's like they're so much faster. You know, really? it's like they're like, oh, it was eighty before, and now it's one hundred and ten. It's like those numbers mean nothing. <laughs> and then when you actually see it in the game, it's like, oh, Jesus. And because mm. everyone's, I don't know, it, maybe it's just the coincidental because because of the patch, because now everyone's playing heavies. It's like, oh Christ! But we were, um, I think the worst example was like last night when I was playing. Uh, we were on the second part of Gold Rush, and the defending team won basically without using a single turret because they had like three heavies. Oh, so they're like mobile turrets. Yeah, and they just they totally move, owned they move so everyone. <laughs> I don't know, because my experience with the Huntsman uh, made me feel like it was a really serious heavy counter. Like, yeah, bet, it's yeah. significantly harder to hit them now. <laughs> right, okay. Ah, that might easy, have explained but it. not significantly hard. Because you could headshot them harder. so easily, like, and, and they couldn't even hit you from the kind of range that you can get on the Huntsman. That kind of And now because they range. spin up faster, you don't have as long to aim the shot as well. Right, okay. I did, I did seemingly have a harder time taking them down when I last played, so yeah, that explains a lot. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I have really to annoying. And of course, the, the oh, the bloody nerfing. yeah, the huntsman changes. I don't like those. How you can't <laughs> fire in the air. The worst thing ever. It's so stupid. What have they done then? The you worst can, bit you is can... you can't fire in the air anymore, and the, the arrow then fires when you hit the floor. Yeah, you can draw in the air, but you can't fire in the air. Um, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. It was just like, really, seriously, you 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 guys. Uh, and which it's, meeting did this get through? It's like the worst thing is, well, really the worst thing about it is how it, how, how it completely, you know, feels wrong for the controls. Because it's yeah. like you release the mouse button and it doesn't fire. And then when you hit the floor, it suddenly fires. Yeah, it, yeah. It, the it doesn't make sense. Hmm. That's, that's bad. Okay. They really need to revert that change quite severely. Because I, mean, I can't understand what their problem with being able to fire in midair was. Because you couldn't draw while you're in midair before. It's not it's like, like if it's you started that easy. drawing while you're on the floor and they got hit into the air, you could still fire. Yeah. But you can draw while you're in the air. It's not like it's very easy to hit someone while you're flying through the air with the huntsman, is it? No. <laughs> We're just shooting it's down on someone to... with the huntsman's hard anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Of the, it's even the harder arc. to hit someone with an arrow that only fires when you hit the floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I can imagine that. Say. That's just fluke, isn't it? I mean, that's a way to Because by, by the time you've done that, particularly in this sort of, I guess, what will temporarily be the transitional phase, unless they revert it, it will be like, you don't, because you release the mouse button expecting the arrow to go, 
and then when you hit the floor, you're not actually aiming where you wanted to fire any longer. <laughs> exactly. Do you reckon there was some sort of old school bunny hopping glitch they wanted to quash? Well, the thing is, they sort they sort of phrased it to say jumping, as if you jump and then. <laughs> I'm not seeing not seeing how that's an advantage. Well, like if there's a like a small wall and you can kind of jump and shoot the arrow over it or something. Does that happen yeah, in any of the levels? For that to know. be, you know, to aim that well over a small wall like that, I'm not seeing, you know, I'm not seeing it being an advantage. Because the thing that most people are complaining about is shooting whilst falling from a platform. It's like if you if you can make a shot, if there's like an opening or whatever that you pass as you fall. Oh, rather I see. Than, rather than jumping deliberately or being knocked into the air, it's more like falling and then firing. Is that, that's not, that's clever, but it's not really an exploit. I mean, it's not really game changing, is it? If you're firing through a tiny gap by jumping and falling past it, and then you'd have to run up to the top and do it again, wouldn't you, presumably? Yeah, I, I really don't see what the point of that change was. It's just really no. bizarre. And totally that seems a bit rubbish. The control scene. And of course, there's the other thing about the Hudson, which is just totally broken at the moment, where they're like, now you can now you can keep the arrows on fire and pyros can light them easier. And it's like, pyros can light them easier, but basically anything you do puts out the arrow. <laughs> so you can't keep arrow on fire, unlike you could before. No, as soon as you, you, undra- you, soon as you undraw the arrow, oh, you lose the flame out. for some reason. Or if you switch if you weapons, weapon, you lose the flame. Out. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> Losing the well, flame yeah. when you switch weapons makes sense, but... The, but that's uh, not how it worked before, of course. Because you could change weapon and keep the flame before. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's a bit retarded, isn't it? You'd be setting your ass on fire. <laughs> that's <laughs> yes. true, I agree. It's only slightly silly. But yeah, that's ah, totally broken. Ass. How do you set, ass, a, how do you set uh, a huntsman's uh, arrow on fire? Can you set it while, while he has it drawn? Do you just flame him? It used to be you could only do it while he was holding it drawn. Okay. But now you can just do it at any time, providing he's got the bow. Oh, I see. Uh, that, that's all right. I, uh, that seems reasonable. Although it still yeah, looks a bit crazy because be they're metal tipped and out. somehow on fire. <laughs> yeah. How, How can metal tip it? things catch on fire? <laughs> did they have, you know, the fire arrows from olden times? Did they have the metal tip inside the little bundle of. No, no. Old, old fire arrows were just, they weren't metal tipped, were they? They were just, um, what do you call it? Uh, like a ball of. Cloth yeah. and oil oh, yeah, and stuff on there. They're not. They're not really aerodynamically pointy. Hmm. I was just. Yeah. Are they, were they just like um, incendiary bombs? You know, just designed to set to catch houses on fire rather than actually hurt people. Yeah, Probably. I think so. <laughs> hmm, maybe hmm. interesting. But oh, and the other thing that seems. I'm not sure if it's just coincidental again, since they buffed the pyro's air blasting to make it significantly quicker and cost less ammo. I've really? seen a lot of arrow reflect kills, and I think maybe it's easier to reflect arrows now. As mm. I have some... seen that a lot. Seems it seems easier to do, but maybe that's just coincidental that there's more pyros running around air blasting all the goddamn time. So I like the fact they... that they've made it quicker because it was always a bit irritating that you couldn't quite air blast as fast as rockets were coming at you. But that was kind of the idea. It was like you weren't meant to be able to reflect every single rocket. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I found I found it really annoying. So have they buffed they've buffed both the weapons, main weapons for the pyro. So they've buffed the pyro. Well, but quite they nerfed fire damage on the flamethrower, which is oh, really did dumb. They? Cause it's like mm. and and afterburn the afterburn on the flamethrower and i think the back burner has been shortened but they yeah no both of them they are kept shortened. the flare to normal length or previous length i see 
So the I always thought the burner should be longer rather than shorter. Mm. But well, that... everyone is complaining about that, of course, because it's like, it's a pyro. You're meant to set things on fire. You're not meant to air blast things. <laughs> yeah, that does, with the 20% buff to damage on the, uh, supposedly on the back burner, that, that does make it significantly more damage with the flamethrower, doesn't it, than the uh, standard flamethrower. I think that only, re- as, as Zach mentioned earlier, I think that only really applies if you get a good blast at point blank. Otherwise, it feels yeah, pretty much that... the same and still a bit dodgy. But if they've yeah. nerfed the other one, then, uh, you know, that makes it better in comparison, doesn't it? You can't destroy a sentry if an engineer is repairing it with the flamethrower now. Do mm. enough damage to out... Because, out, I mean, normally you just burn through the sentry and it hits the engineer and then he dies and then the sentry dies. But yeah. <laughs> if sucks, the engineer actually. stays alive, you can't out out damage it. No, I've got to be honest, that, that really does kind of blow, you know, if you can't use the pyros to pass an attack. So, that's a bit of TF2 uh, discussion Catch for you there. Awkwardness. Oh, and the other, the other one more thing that I guess is a sort of significant change is the scout things. What's that then? Uh, they made the stun on the Sandman slow you down a bit more. True. So that's slightly improved. Oh, that's and good. they they made it so bonk, they, the bonk drink, um, uh, you don't get the slowdown effect after using it. And it just has a recharge time, like the um, like the ball or whatever, rather than being able to use it again after the slowdown effect, which is the way it used to work. Oh, okay. So you can use it less often, but it's less bad. Yeah, it doesn't but screw you up as less bad. bad. Yeah. So t- people don't like follow you when they know you're invincible because they know you're going to be utterly vulnerable. <laughs> useless in a minute. Right, okay. yeah. Although, yeah, I, to be honest, I, I used to use that quite often to my advantage, where it's just like, I'll be invincible, and then they think you're just going to be like running away because your bonk's about to run out, but then you're just all in their face, and they don't expect you to be moving slowly. <laughs> right. And it helps you to aim when you're moving slowly. I've used that to really piss off people, especially demo men, because it's like if you get right next to them, they can't really do anything. <laughs> Unless they're really lucky and just kill you in one shot with a grenade. Yeah, yeah and only hurt themselves a little bit. Which I've always thought the, the sort time. of demo men sort of normal grenade splash, you know, the fact that it doesn't hurt them that much is a bit of a jip. I'm annoyed about I understand with the stickies, but... Like, I, I would be... I would encourage me to play demo man if I could swap out that, that weapon rather than the... Uh... Sticky launcher. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they didn't launcher. make any weapons that go in that slot. I hate the yeah. normal grenade launcher. Me too. Yeah. I don't know. I use that the majority of the time. I used to use the stickies are okay. But I'm just a bit it. shit. When <laughs> <laughs> it had six shots. I just don't play demo. I think it's my least played class. I think. Yeah. I've been playing it more and more. Actually, I'm finding levels where I'm. You know, I find it as a useful class. What do you like to play it on then? Just trying to think, really. I don't mind it on um, a, a few of the payload levels because they are naturally spammy. That's true. And no, uh, I... oh, I'm trying to think what it was. Uh, some some of the uh... no, I've forgotten. It's gone. <laughs> I like. Uh, I'm liking Huntsman on payload because they tend to be long straight lines with with quite long sight lines that you can. Yeah, no, I, I quite like doing sniper in general on those. Yeah, and uh, I've taken to using uh, the Huntsman on. That level we played last, and I did really well. Oh, Cashworks. Cashworks. That's it. Oh, it that, was, that was my best game ever in terms of like sniper games. It was a, a new a new record of 13 kill streak and top of the team, which didn't count towards my achievement, bastard. Why not? I don't know. It just didn't work. It breaks on hell. Yeah. 
Lame. That was my first point for that achievement as well. I, I, I almost hope that the next community map that Valve puts into the game properly is Cashworks, so they can optimize it. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a good level. So I, bad. It's a, it's a good level. I like it because it's really quite varied. There's lots of neat little routes. That big hill is quite fun, and um, and then you've got the really long stretch. It. But yeah, there are certain bits of the level that are just so badly optimized that on Zach's machine, for instance, it cripples him. Even on mine, it drops down from, I mean, my, my Uber rig doesn't, doesn't really have a problem with it, but it drops from about 250 frames per second down to 60, <laughs> which just, you know, indicates it's still really badly optimized just by looking at certain areas of the map. Oh dear. But I, my, my computer goes down to 10 frames per second fairly regularly on, on official maps, so I bet not play that one. Yeah, I, 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 go down quite low even when it gets like when there's lots of ubers and crits flying around <laughs> wait how does your machine run slower than zach's i mean zach's still running the the legendary pentium 4 i know it's pretty pathetic my and my athlon it's the processor i think i've got quite fast graphics card so it runs in quite high res is it a, still a still a 3200 you're running or uh i think an it's amd 32 oh. i think it's a 3500 but it's oh, all really not too bad I mean, my mm. old machine was running that, so... Well, yeah, 32, anyway. And it ran quicker than Zegs. Yeah. Well, it does fluctuate massively. I mean, it can go up to, like, absolutely smooth and fine, like, when no one's around. And then when there's a lot of stuff going on, it really dips, like, in certain levels. But, yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> I don't know. Strange. There must be something special about Zach's Pentium. Well, it's imbued with the cool. ember of the gods. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. What is about that system? It's, it's pretty old. amazing. It's skanky hyper-threaded. Fake. I really need a new a new computer because, like, uh, I bought a, a webcam, an HD webcam for taking videos of me, you know, playing guitar and stuff. And I've realised that the webcam is perfectly fine, but the computer's not up to recording in HD at thirty frames per second, which is a real pain. You should get one of oh, those um, Sony Vivez uh, mobile phones because they can actually record 720 HD video at full frame rate. Yeah, well, I was, was recording with my, with my iPhone, and that, that quality on that is fine, but um, I wanted to be able to record, um, uh, which is great. I'm using a virtual dub. I didn't realize, but do you know virtual dub? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was using... Uh, virtual dub has a capture tool for capturing from webcams and other things, as well as the editing tool. Uh, so and of course, being virtual dub, it's got all the customization and stuff you can do with the codecs and things, and uh, you can change to the audio input source. So that's what I wanted to do. So I can uh, record using my uh, the webcam, and I can have the audio input from my proper microphone, like on my guitar amplifier. So it actually sounds instead of a tinny, you know, amplifier getting the whole room, I can just put a mic straight on the amp and get a really good guitar tone that way. Which is great, but uh, the uh, frame rate is really. I've been using this thing called uh, compression called Motion JPEG, which, but uh, it's oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm well aware of Motion JPEG. Yeah, well, it's really like it, it tears really badly, and I think it's my computer that's. It makes the There's... frame rate a lot faster, but uh, uh, using that rather than going straight into RAW and then compressing it afterwards. There's, um, there's little point in using it, to be honest. I mean, it's not bad, but compared to a high frame rate, uh, you know, a high bitrate MPEG-2 or MPEG-4, there's little need for it. Yeah, well, I can't get, like, the official... I think the official software that comes with it does record in MPEG-4, but it, it won't let you because it has a, a like a has an exclamation mark next to it saying your computer's not fast enough. 
And of course, you can't because it's a just a Microsoft piece of software. It's not customizable, so you can't figure yeah. out why. So at least using Virtual Dub, you can try and. I'll, I'll admit, Motion JPEG is one of those formats that's not difficult to encode because at the end of the day, it's just JPEGs with a little bit extra. It's not. Exactly. It's not massive. It's not even MPEG. I mean, it's simpler than that. Um, yeah, I know. So it's it's quite easy to do. You're almost better off just doing a raw dump, like using Avi, you know. <laughs> and, well, that's uh, what that, and, that's and slower, uncompressed though. frames. For some reason, it's slower. I think it's presumably. I don't know why. That might be disk access, I guess. Yeah, maybe, but it slows the uh, the frame rate significantly. Uh, so because MJPEG seems to be the only one that Virtual Dub can use on the fly to compress on the fly rather than doing it sort of after it's got the raw data from the camera and then compressing it into whatever you like, XFID or... What's wrong with just recording it raw and then compressing afterwards? Well, yeah, that's slower. That gives me a slower frame rate for some reason. I think it might be Disca. Anyway, it's probably my computer's too old, basically. (laughs) End of story, my computer's too old. Yeah. I'm sure if I... I might try plugging the... Not that my laptop is new, but uh, I might try plugging it into the laptop and see if I get a better. And then that would uh, settle the matter, wouldn't it, really? Um, if it was uh, better with the laptop. Yeah, we'll have to, when, you, when you're next back in town, like, attach it to my machine, see what we get out of it. It's a really nice webcam, actually. It's Microsoft. It's, it looks cool. So It's one of those, yeah, oh, what's it called? Is it, It's not one of their, live, their new live cam things. Is it the one that Sorry? looks a bit like a, like a proper lens, you know, the sort of cylindrical bullet-shaped yeah, yeah. camera? Yeah. Exactly. It's a live cam cinema, something like that. Yeah, then they're pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. So And it was quite cheap on Amazon, so... Hmm. Uh, I've seen them cheap in PC world, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not bad. Good camera I mean, for the price. Yeah, I just can't, I just need a better computer, which is a shame. I hadn't really thought Speaking about of, that. Speaking of like uh, recording things and needing a better computer, <laughs> one more thing to mention about the Team Fortress patch. Yeah, it broke demo oh, yeah, compatibility. Yeah. Oh, Did worst it? thing ever. All my old demos totally useless now. So really, all those videos that I can't extract any longer. And worse than that, there's even a more ridiculous thing. They've, as far as I can tell from what I've been reading, they've done some kind of back-end work to make it so that servers can't give people <laughs> items that they aren't meant to have via the unlock system. Because, you know, you, you, there was ways to get around that, and sometimes they'd use it for, you know, totally benign purposes, just to, like, give people stupid hats or whatever temporarily while they're on the server. But they did some back-end work to sort of remove that for some reason that we're not sure of. But it inconveniently makes it so that even demos you've recorded after the patch, everyone apart from you who's using an unlock weapon, their guns and hats are invisible. <laughs> Weird. So now That's even strange. it's like all the demos I've recorded before the patch I can't use, and all the demos I've recorded after the patch look really stupid because no one's holding any guns. Oh, God. Makes those invisible, too. I yep. imagine it sounds like one of those things where they didn't they they implemented the patch and without <laughs> demos entering their mind, you know, it was just yeah, like they, oh, they we'll, just we'll didn't do this. Think this will about fix it at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I've temporarily been totally become totally unable to record anything. I mean, I'm still I'm making new demos now to replace all the ones that I can't record from any longer. I'd but imagine they must fix that because you know the old the whole machinima scene is. Up the up the crapper if they were mid recording something, you know what I mean. I wonder if they yeah, still they're... work in that um, Valve Movie Maker thing that you can get off the SDK or something. Do you know what I'm talking about, Zach? Vaguely, I can't. I think I saw someone mention that, but I can't remember what they said about it. Yeah, it's like a. I, I don't think we're supposed to have access to it or something. Yeah, I think someone was saying that. 
someone's managed to get to it and it's what they use to make meet the team and it's got like really cool like camera depth of field effects you can apply to um stuff so it looks really awesome and professional for making machinima the other thing the other thing that broke when they did this this fix that screwed up demos it also broke a lot of mods like prop hunt and various other things that would give you you know because prop hunt was the one where it was hide and seek where uh, one team would be disguised as props in the environment and then they'd have to go and sit in an innocuous place and then the other team were pyros who try and set them on fire <laughs> that's but cool. that broke because now you can't attach the props to the players any longer oh that's a shame but then it, it looked like seriously good fun that game actually. It's, it, it's like on the on the next day after after that patch, they released another mini patch that said <laughs> fix support for prop hunt. So they very specifically fixed prop hunt support, but not the demos. And apparently, the fix they did make for prop hunt support didn't actually fix anything. So <laughs> again, with the uselessness. Well, I presume they're working on it. They better be. I want to record demos of hilarious things. Or so, not actually, very hilarious things. I'd imagine the Team Fortress team might actually be a bit smaller these days because you know they're having they've had the, the I think it was most of the original team or at least some of them were involved in Left 4 Dead, um, you know, yeah, prison, for the netcode and things. Uh, and it's I suppose the lifespan of Team Fortress is probably starting to wane in Valve's eyes. Possibly, we'll see. It's going pretty strong. The amount of free yeah. content you get. It's I think it's definitely the best value computer game ever, I think possibly. If you think of how much it costs to buy Team Fortress. How much is it? Like fifteen dollars or something on Steam? Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 pretty good, but if you think about it, it didn't actually ship with that much content to begin with. That no, was but its when biggest it shipped, flaw. When but... it shipped, it was already good value because it was bundled in with the orange box, which was amazing value because you got that and Portal and Half Life Episode Two. I guess, but if you bought it on its own Really close to release because it was released on Steam, you know, not long after Orange Box as a separate thing. That's um, true. Then you would have been quite badly gypped, really, in terms of value. But it's got better it's, for them as well as I. Yeah, it's it's only because of the the epic DLC support, which is quite probably unrivaled. Completely um, unprecedented. No other game has ever done anything of that level. I don't think that hasn't been like a mod or something. Like Counter Strike did get updated and stuff, but it wasn't. You know, They've set themselves really some insane. lofty targets to sort of do it again, though, haven't they? I mean, the problem they they now suffer is that Left 4 Dead hasn't had nearly as much support like that, and people are disappointed because of the Team Fortress work. I guess it's a different kind of game, though, in a way. I mean, it's comparable. yeah, but you, with, with, you know, after after you know seeing Team Fortress and how much new content they add and how much sort of thing, you sort of kind of hope, oh, they'll just add a shit ton of more new content to Left 4 Dead as well. It's Valve. We expect it of them. Well, they are, and they haven't really delivered. I mean, they're still making DLC for the first Left 4 Dead, even now, aren't they? I think, which is ridiculous. Yeah, so they want to tie the story between the first one and the second one together so much that they're making like new mini campaigns for the first one. It's like who's going to go back and play the first one again? I don't know. Exactly. Some, of the, some of the the characters different. are more likable, I think, from well, the first Well, that one. is the advantage from the first one. It's like the characters are, are more likable, but if you go from the second one back to the first one, Ew. all those slight mechanical adjustments they've made, it Ew. still yeah. feels really different. It'd be good if they could bring those. I don't, I don't think they ever will, but if they could bring those to the first game somehow, like as an option that you could switch on and off, like go into and optimise the level slightly to, for the new mechanics. Do you know Ew. what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Like you could add the melee weapons into the pre into the first game, 
that would that would be appreciable. But they always yeah. said that the that the new that, that was the problem, wasn't it? That Left 4 Dead 2, the, the tweaks they'd done to the engine and the director meant that the first game couldn't be ported forward. There was so? some technical reason that they can't do it. Mm, okay, fair enough. Whether or not I believe that or not is another question, but <laughs> it's a. Uh... Well, one thing's for sure: they're not going to be in a Left 4 Dead 3 for a long time. So, you would hope. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's let's from a marketing standpoint, and you know, to keep up with the DLC, let's hope they sort of spam out the DLC route. I mean, well, unless we'll they do they're something dramatically dip, unless they do something dramatically different, what else could they add to Left 4 Dead other than maybe vehicle sections? I don't know. I think they're going to try and you know, make Portal to the big deal at E3, and then for now, you think about yes. that. So three. Yeah, that's never going to happen though. That 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 like is nebulous. That's going to turn into Duke Nukem Forever, isn't it? Episode three. <laughs> By the time that comes out, that's going to be a full game. It's going to be that's going to be Half Life Three, isn't it? Half Life. They might have abandoned three. it after the success of the other games, you know, because they used Episode Two as a platform for Portal and Team Fortress. Really, that's true. I've got to be honest, really I haven't good, finished Episode Two because it's I got really annoyed good. with all the car driving, which I think has always been the weakest point of Half Life. Yeah, that that's true. No, well, yeah, it's not in the I first just didn't like episode life, two yeah. for the for the fights. The hunters were annoying. Yeah, like, really annoying. Ass to kill. And then the big fight at the end with the shit ton of striders, that was like a pain in the ass as well. Well, I don't understand how you're supposed to get that achievement for saving no. the structures. It's like the first thing that happens is Strider walks immediately onto the logging site and just blows yeah. up. <laughs> it's exactly. like that happens within like two seconds of the start of that section. How the hell are you supposed to save that thing? It's ridiculous. I don't know. And but then I still think it was good. After you've saved that thing, you have to then do that entire sequence without clocking up. <laughs> Do you? Which bit? What, that whole thing? Well, because, you know, if any of the buildings get destroyed at any point... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that would be hard. Even with quick saving your way through it, it'd be pretty damn hard to get that achievement. I mean, it's fairly legendary for difficult achievements, though, isn't it? I mean, the the, the whole gnome thing is pretty epic. And I missed, like, one of the goddamn lava bugs. Yeah, everyone misses (laughs) one. I think I I missed two. And I looked so so hard as well. No. Annoying. Yeah, At least that's I, one I, of those ones you could replay, I suppose. Just go to that chapter. Try yeah, again. a couple of chapters, and you could you could probably do it. But um, yeah, it's not like Zach wasn't looking. I mean, we were both looking and trying to find them. And it's a real pain in that section with the uh, the queen thing. What's it, what's it called? The ant lion, super big ant lion. Yeah. Yeah, that's chasing you down the tunnels and stuff. And that's yeah. quite scary, that bit. And like you have to still find all the bugs and squish them, all the lava things. Mm. Oh, but there's some good graphical effects in that, especially at the end there when you get the stuff that you're searching for from the queen's nest or whatever. That looks really cool, the kind of blue glowing sort of honeycomb thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, vaguely. Plasma yeah. honey. Yeah, it was sort of plasma honey. I can't remember why you needed it. Yeah, oh, you needed it to save Alex, didn't you? For the Vorticons were going to save her, and they were going to use it to save her. Yes. So, that whole fight, actually, uh, with, with the Vorticons as your allies against the ant lions, with the where you had to move the gun turrets around, that was quite fun. With the sort of beeping, they're coming <laughs> from this tunnel. Now they're coming from that tunnel. Yes, yeah. and it had like it had like 
alert uh, yeah, I remember the tunnels that. where it's like, oh no, that one's gone on to three lights. Holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then they yeah. all go red, don't they? They all go the red. Yeah, and you get the Vorticons fighting with you with their laser attack, which you haven't seen since the first game, I don't think. Really. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> which is action. way too effective. And they're like, just they're super powerful compared to like you. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> and they just yeah. get everything in one hit. Zap! <laughs> they used to be fairly wimpy in the first game, didn't they? With their charge up and zap attack. Oh, good old Half Life. I hope I hope Episode Three does come out, but uh, I don't think we're going to hear anything. I think it's going to just come out like, and they're not even going to say anything, and it's just going to appear out of nowhere. That's the sort of thing that um, Gabe Newell would probably do. I don't know. Half, you know, Valve are usually pretty hypey, aren't they? Mm, that's true. There's generally nothing that just sort of sneaks out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess. I mean, nobody knew how good Portal was going to be, but they did. They did hype it slightly. I mean, they did have all those videos. It was known about, training. wasn't it? And the Portal was technology was the whole Portal rendering is was pretty yeah. cool. It was known about, but just nobody knew how good it was going to be in terms of the story and stuff. They just thought it was going to be a cool puzzler, and that's what you think when you first start playing it and you don't know anything about it. It's oh, there's going to be a, a neat puzzler, and then it turns into this crazy, you know, post-apocalyptic nightmare thing. Mm-mm-mm-mm. This was mm-hmm. so. There you go. Play it again to get all the radios. <laughs> oh, that's new, isn't oh, it? They patched that in. Yeah, the uh, the the artificial reality game. Transmission received. <laughs> Have you done that, then, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard because they do. You know. The radios play the music, so it's just like, where's that music coming from? Oh, it's there. <laughs> and then oh, you just have to carry it around the room until you find the spot where it changes to the transmission. Oh, I see. Mm, coming. So as far as marketing goes, that's a pretty cool one. Yeah, they're quite... Well, they slightly... I mean, the out-of-game part of it was cooler than the in-game part of it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> those games are always... I've never bothered with any of those, um, those games. What are they called again? ARGs. Alternate reality game. Args. Arg. Because Halo had some crazy... The bees thing. What was it? Oh, I love bees. I love bees, yeah. That was weird, though. With the sort yeah. of weird hidden communication, supposedly, in the UNSC sort of comm channel or something. Yeah, it's really complicated stuff. That was, a, that was a bit weird. But then again, the Halo sort of backstory stuff has always been a little odd and obscure. That's true. Like the whole ODST thing, where it's, they've made it a bit more obvious, but you, even now we still don't know really what the shit is going on with the superintendent unless we find all of these cocking audio logs. It's kind of weird with Halo, isn't it? Because you've got kind of two levels working. You've got the sort of quite populist Halo, everyone plays Halo, you know, little kids in America swearing at you on multiplayer and stuff. You know, yeah, level of bitch. Halo. Yeah, and then you've got the really geeky, like, uh, lore stuff about Halo that goes quite heavy, doesn't it? It goes quite deep if you actually look into it. Yeah, it's a shame most of that didn't actually make it in the game. Yeah. There are some hints at it, aren't they? Like the whole um, elite brute civil war. Like, you know, the the way it was never explicit in the second game. But I kind of liked that, actually. It was like, they were sort of there, and you knew it was happening, but it was never actually part of the main story, which I thought was was brilliant. And uh, you know, and then they played on it a bit too much, and they occasionally hint at it. Like even in ODST, they sort of you sort of see a group of dead elites, and your guys don't know what's happening yet, and it's just like, seriously, what's going on here? I watched a couple of videos of that of Reach multiplayer beta activities, 
That looks and, quite good. <laughs> well, well, how, quite, how much of it, it actually looks different? It well, doesn't look that different. But, well, I mean, uh, really. graphically, it looks a lot better. I mean, it, we're talking um, full HD at last, which annoyed me about Halo 3 that it wasn't. Oh, what? They're actually rendering at 720, you mean? Yeah. Or, or if they said they're going to do 1080, which would be nice. No, it'll be 720, but it'll be no. a, a, it'll be a fair clip as well. The thing I found kind of awkward about it was the, the classic problem with uh, of games that are sort of in a in a universe, and then it's like we're fitting these into the timeline. You get totally different guns in Reach, like guns that are, look more technologically advanced than what you get then get in the Halo games, which suppose will theoretically be after Reach. Like this doesn't make any sense. That Time always lines. sort of happens, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But prequels tend like, to have cooler like guns the friggin- than the later ones. It looks like the like the Covenant get a get a gun that fires plasma grenades. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe they retired it because it was a bit expensive to run. And then you get like a needle rifle, which is like the needler but with faster moving projectiles. Way looks at it. Oh man, can you imagine if if That'd the demo man nasty. demo man grenades were sticky? Can you imagine? That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that weird thing that they show in the videos where you can lock your armor. <laughs> which looks really funny. You just kind of crouch do? down and go into like a dramatic pose, kind of like the pose that Master Chief does when he puts the bubble shield down in that old Halo 3 preview video. Yeah. You go into that dramatic pose like where you, where you crouch down on the floor and it locks your armor in place so you basically become invincible. <laughs> you go, ching! And then you so can hold it for a certain amount of time. Move. Yeah. So it's a bit like um, Furby. Is it... Kirby, that's it, not Furby. <laughs> Kirby, where Kirby turns into Kirby a brick. Kirby turns into a brick. But, but mm, it's like they show... Me tired. No, not Furby, Kirby. Sorry. Show it in, like, in their gameplay preview of this <laughs> armor-locking ability where it's like, you're meant to do it like, if a ghost is about to run you over, you just lock yourself and then the ghost runs into you and blows up because you can't oh, be moved. <laughs> that's cool, I like that. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's cool. But I thought some they... of the... Items in Halo 3's multiplayer are a bit underused, like the grav lifts. They never quite worked as 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 advertised, where you could drop them in front of ghosts and make them flip crazily. Yeah, I don't think that, that sort of thing is going to be in Reach. It doesn't seem like grav lifts are sort of in the style of Reach. It seems. Then you bit... get jetpacks. <laughs> yeah, jetpacks. There are jetpacks. Yeah, but that makes more sense than grav lifts in a way. Well, no, it fits the universe, but I don't think it would actually fit decent gameplay. Unless it's oh, like a special see. mode where everyone gets jetpacks, well, that could be quite fun. Well, it, it seems like class jetpacks you know, and sniper like rifles. You can, you can equip different weapons to different slots or whatever, and presumably jetpacks will override some other important thing. <laughs> I, would I know they're putting a lot of emphasis on the multiplayer, and I know they've done this consistently since Halo Two. But for the love of God, Reach is the perfect place to set a decent single-player story. Or at least a decent, you know, a start to another good storyline over several games. So, mm. please, Bungie, this is, don't mess this up. <laughs> this is officially Bungie's last Halo game, though, isn't it, for, for a long time, isn't it? They've said that, I think. Hmm. Well, let's hope it goes out of a bang. <laughs> Some of the other videos where it's actually less like marketing and more like people playing the game had it's like let's see what stupid tactics they're already failing to use like locking your armor and then just like i'm just gonna sit here and then you guys can't kill me but i'm totally by myself so in a minute my armor will unlock and then you'll just murder me in the face <laughs> great plan <laughs> yeah there could be great some great turtling tactics isn't there there's one guy standing there sort of um stroking his beard or something inside his helmet somehow and, uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get these guys crowd around going 
Look at this. Look at this noob. Right. What are we going to do first? Um, I reckon we chase him around a bit like a crazed fool uh, and lead him straight into like, the path of my just sniper. Like, everybody <laughs> just stand around him, around the armor-locked guy in a circle. And I'll Who could get the beat on And then as soon as he unlocks, <laughs> everybody stick him at once. <laughs> That was one of the best things to do on Gears of War multiplayer because you could um, uh, down someone, uh, but they'd come back into the game if you if if you left them there for too long um, in in the first one. So what everyone did was then stick a smoke grenade to them and then follow the trail of smoke. Ah, <laughs> oh, cunning! <laughs> when you got back up, <laughs> it was quite funny. It'd be quite cool if you could use active camo at the same time as locking your armor, so you just became an invisible brick. <laughs> it seems like active camo is more like, from the other bits of this video, active camo is more like an, a like constant attachment to you, so you become like a stealth class. I see, so that's quite cool. a single-use item. Yeah, like... Operated um, the same kind of way as the jetpack, where it will fill a slot of some kind. A bit like the Arbiter in Halo 2, he had a, like a... a, a active camo that you could yeah and they also said that the his active camo was quite an old version of it so it's uh <laughs> it would actually quite fit wouldn't it i suppose it would fit the story though yeah if they had like or, uh, it would, do Apart you mean that this... it would be like um use for a certain period of time style camo like the arbiter or would it be always on style which would be a bit weird it does look sort of more always on -y. it does kind of look maybe not sure more I like, like the tf2 spy <laughs> kind of cloak you, you could have it so that you go invisible when you stop moving. That'd be all right. Yeah, I, I couldn't really tell from the way they were moving around in the video. It's like sometimes he'd be totally invisible and then move and then things would... I don't know. It was weird. It looked yeah, like too much was basically the overall impression of it. It's what I was thinking you guys, like Rob, would have the problem with. Too much active camo. Using it too... For too long. I'm not a humongous fan. Maybe that maybe they're trying to put the idea of a spy into it, but then again, I'm not, I'm not sure that would work in the Halo. Well, at least game. with Halo active camo, like you can still see them quite. Yeah, you can I guess. still see them. But then it's, it's still the, obvious yeah, if they're walking over an well. open plane. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm going to ask Rob what he's been playing. <laughs> yeah, I think we should probably so, get on with this. Actually, I've been playing something new this week. Well, Ooh. I say new, but an old release that's new to me. Okay. Uh, it's time for the Steam Deal of the Week. <laughs> what is the Steam uh, Deal yeah, of the Week? I, I, I tapped into the weekend deal and uh, picked up the Codemasters Racing Pack for a fairly healthy £12.50, which includes Ooh. Grid, Dirt, and Dirt 2. Ah, well, you've been waiting for that, haven't you? Yeah, which meant the whole pack was cheaper than buying Dirt 2 on its own on its normal price, so it's like, <laughs> it was a little hard for me to pass up. Um, yeah. yeah, so at the moment I've been playing Grid, and it's uh, yeah pretty much awesome. Really? It's, um, yeah, no, it's it's really very good. I mean, it's one of the best-looking games, uh, like racing games around, uh, Dirt 2 aside. Um, even, if like apply the, uh, even if it does apply the old um, HD is brown, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because Dirt did that really badly, because that was the first game using that engine, and it was basically the same as that BG Cats <laughs> yeah. cartoon. Realism is brown. Realism is brown, yeah. Yeah, it does have that problem, where it's a little overbrowned. Um, but <laughs> screw the console versions. If you haven't seen it running on PC, you have to, because it's okay. beautiful running at 60 frames per second. There's just... Oh, it, it puts the PlayStation version to shame. You're playing um, it with the wheel? I am playing it with the old Sidewinder, yeah. Okay. 
the old uh, Microsoft Sidewinder. Does that have uh, force feedback? As you can tell, wheel. as Rob yeah. looks at it, because his voice changes, because he oh, looks it? away from the microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah. The wheel. Stupid mic. Um, <laughs> I did, actually. It was like, I'm um, just sort of... <sighs> bit of, bit of uh... <laughs> Bogging gaze. Yeah. Uh, there's good, good days on that wheel. Good days. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really good, because if you think... It, it actually follows the actual gameplay. Sort of follows a very simplistic Gran Turismo sort of work. Uh, I was about to call it a workflow, but it's not really one of those. <laughs> um, it's sort of game flow. Progression. Let's call it a game flow. Yeah. So you have to earn your license first, which basically involves getting in a race and making it to the end, and then you get your rookie license. Um, but then you have to earn reputation in in America, Europe, and Japan separately to earn better licenses to race there, um, and you earn more reputation for racing for your own team. Um, rather than taking offers from other teams um, at the cost that if you're racing for your own team, you have to use cars that you've bought, whereas if you race for other teams, you race in the cars that you're given. Um, I see. You know, things like that. It's a bit of a trade-off. As in, you get, you probably get the same amount of cash from an offer, but um, you don't gain any reputation for it, really. Can um, you trick and out And you need reputation you to progress. Sorry, what was that? Uh, can you trick out the uh, cars you buy, then? No, you don't get accessories, but you can give them a paint job and sponsorship decals and things. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, they've simplified it in that respect. It's like in, in Dirt and Dirt 2, they kind of simplified the car setup stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that so about it's, Dirt. It was fairly fairly simple. I don't know. I kind of missed that a little bit. Well, it was simple in the old Colin McRae games, but it's almost yeah. completely unnecessary now in, in Dirt and Dirt 2 because even the changes you make, you don't really feel... I don't even know if it exists in Dirt 2 to any lengthy degree because it wasn't in the demo and i haven't yet got to the full thing um, what was that relic game i had in the xbox i'm thinking of you know the really good looking one rally sport yeah. challenge that's the one yeah that had quite good um you had the sequel to that as well didn't you that had i did yeah good, uh, that had struck a good balance with the uh the tuning of the car because um it did i found myself never doing it though on that game oh really because i used yeah. to change it on the uh on the uh the, the original game in that series i used to change it uh you know based on the uh, course outline and uh, you know what they said about it. I used to change my steering. Yeah, Rally Sport yeah. Challenge had a lot of yeah. lot of the same problems that a lot of early games in these these this genre where you know where they tried to do encompass lots of different disciplines. Um, yeah, had though, and that it had a lot of racing disciplines, but it had very little to do in each. That's true. Um, it did so have the crazy was only ice a, racing though. That was yeah. Cool. There was the only like racing. two rally tracks, I think, in the entire game of Rally Sport Two, and then only got right. a couple of hilltops and a couple of ice tracks. You know, yeah. there wasn't very much you could do in each discipline, which was really annoying because some of the better ones you wanted more, and uh, it was it was a bit frustrating um, in that respect. So, does Grid have the um, skiddy challenges? Is that that game? It has drift challenges. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Drift which challenges. are really hard. Which yeah, that, that, that's like, the thing. Which leads me to my first immediate concern, is that the difficulty levels, even once you've set it yourself to be a certain level, and you can change this at any time, okay. the, the curve is quite erratic, and that some disciplines seem much harder than others. Um, like, you've got the drift challenges, for instance, which has you trying to score a ridiculous score in what are plainly undrivable cars. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's yeah. because I play it with the assists off that makes it really kind of difficult to keep them in a any kind of decent line and it, it rewards you for driving fast with a high angle of approach things like that and it's, right. it's just really difficult to do and you're you, you you finish a run thinking yeah that was pretty good and then the first opponent in the championship is scoring four times your score and you're like oh 
Um, yeah. Shit. There's just um, I, that struck me. I played the demo of Grid, and just the score that you were aiming for was so much higher than anything. Really hard. Really hard. Yeah. And if you turn the assists on, it's actually much harder to get a drift going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, there's a really uh, awkward trade-off there. So may, maybe for those events, I'll have to knock the difficulty down. And there are other ones like um, Toge, which is um, Japanese mountain racing, head-to-head style, um, where contact is strictly forbidden. So you can't use the arcade-style ram-them-out-the-way tactics like you're doing for the rest of the races yeah. um, because you get time penalties. Um, mm, that's cool. Which is kind of cool, but they're so much harder than the other events. Right. That's bad. And, and also the other. <laughs> well, it is. The other it? Thing I mean, is, that, I like the idea that you you don't have to ram them, and you're waiting for the opportunity to overtake without. You know, I like that idea. But then, if you then go and make it almost impossible to overtake, then you it's it's slightly compounded by the arcadey handling. Um, because it's it, while it feels good, you, it's not precise. The uh, the control scheme feels kind of floaty. Um, and that you never really feel completely gripped to the track. There's always a certain element of slide. Yeah, in general, which okay. means that if you're trying to do a precise overtaking maneuver, the chances of you doing what you want to do exactly right, you know, cutting the very fine line you need to overtake, right. um, is really hard. Um, that would really bother me. That's that's really what matters to me in a racing game, it, or, or a lot of games in general. It's just like the controls are almost more important than. Oh, in in racing games elements. especially, it's it's yeah. almost it's not the, the you know it's not like the Forza feel where everything is completely grounded and you feel like everything you do matters. Um, yeah. The 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 grid effect is as I say a bit floaty, a bit um, okay. Uh, as I say, very slidey. You seem to have a lot less grip than you expect. Does um, it do that thing that dirt does? I know it's the same engine, but I'm wondering the pivot. if they've improved it. The pivot the thing. Cent- the central that? car pivot, yeah. I think that's the issue. Okay. It makes it feel a lot floatier than it really is because really the weird. car pivots around this central point rather than I using mean, all four tyres as grip points. It was all fine those... back in the day, but now it just seems odd. I'm sure you could do a game that used all four corners and was still arcadey, you know? Potentially, yeah. I think you could. That was really why I gave up after Commodore Cray 4. As soon as it didn't feel like you were driving so much. It's like Commodore Cray 5 even. I just, I didn't like the way that felt on the road. It's like, ah. Oh. Well, no, <laughs> the Commodore Cray really games captured... never felt right on the road. No, I don't mean on the road road. I meant on the surface. <laughs> oh, even on surface. Hmm. It's like I didn't yeah. like Commodore Cray 5's, the way it handled the feedback of driving the car related to like the mm. wheel or whatever. Well, it's so like conversely, the feel stopped, of really. co- weirdly, I think feel of grid is pretty much the same as what is the feel of driving you get in in dirt, which is a little okay, larger. Yeah. But it's a bit more grippy in grid, obviously, but it's it's not very dissimilar. So the uh, the, the driving technique you can apply is 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 fairly similar, um, but it just yeah you know, it doesn't feel right on road. Whereas in dirt and dirt two, it feels okay. Um, I don't, actually, I don't know if Dirt 2 actually improves on the whole pivot yeah, system. Yeah, I was going to ask that. It, it, I think it, it feels better, but I've only played the demo of Dirt 2. I haven't actually done the full thing yet. Okay, not um, yet. But it's, uh, it feels better, don't get me wrong, but I'm not, I don't know if they've changed the whole handling system. So well, you can kind of less... tell by watching it, the it, replays. You can just see the car pivoting. You can see it, you know? Yeah. You can see it pivoting on the center when you watch a replay. Speak, I mean, the replays... Yeah, but in, speaking in of replays, really oh, it, it's amazing. It can make, yeah. make even shit runs look incredible to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I love that. I used to like that about the rally sport challenge. Actually, oh, is that the game? Uh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, with the with the um, your classic. Oh, watch this, watch this. Here it comes. Here it comes. And the perfect. Um, the world is not enough. Style flip. Um, oh yeah, I did <laughs> barrel, barrel roll round an round an S bend. <laughs> yeah, that was quite funny. But they were fun to watch. But um, yeah, dirt uh, is the one that I have experience of in this series, and uh, that had brilliant replays. Fun oh no, watch. no, I, the, the dirt replays are nothing compared to grids. And really, okay, dirt two again ups the ante and makes them crazy good. <laughs> hmm, interesting. I, I'd really like to see that. And grid has the uh, the rewind. Thing, hasn't it? Uh, it introduced the flashback idea, yeah. Right. Where you can, at any point, you can put go into an instant replay, um, rewind time by not much. To be honest, the replay limit is quite small, which okay. is again kind of irritating. If you want to, if you <laughs> at the end of a crash after watching yourself roll, you then go to instant replay mode and find yourself that the instant replay begins at the moment you hit the wall. Oh, that's um, annoying. Which means you then can't flashback it very <laughs> easily, um, and you get a limited number of flashbacks. Um, which is the thing, which is that's cool. I, and you know, as, as the people to introduce the idea, I think they've done it right because since then, Forza and Forza Three and something else um, that I can't remember, they introduced the idea of rewinding time so you can have another go, but at no consequence. I was thinking, wasn't it Full Auto that did that? I know it's a completely different game, but ah, uh, no, no, Full, Full Auto limited your use of it. You could, I suppose, that did do it first properly because it had a proper yeah. instant rewind. Um, which yeah. is probably better. Than, That's better. Than... That's much what I prefer than going than pause. It seemed really, uh, you know, diff- um, annoying for me to pause the game, go into the replay mode, you know, go back to the point where you want to, you know. Whereas it's full fiddly. Auto, you just yeah. Hold the button, didn't you, in full auto or something? That yeah, you work. could hold the button down and it would rewind time for as long yeah, as you were holding it. Yeah, I mean, it. basically lifting the mechanic straight from Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time and putting it in a racing game seemed like a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah, to me. or Braid even. Yeah. <laughs> Although Braid came after, you know. Okay, Braid was after, but yeah. And Braid Same was more extreme, isn't it? You could rewrite yeah. the entire bloody level, couldn't you? But uh, yeah, it seemed like a, a good idea to me. In fact, um, it'd be quite cool if this is... Uh, but um, you earned um, sand, didn't you? Time sand in, in uh, the sands of time by like killing enemies, didn't, it? didn't you? So, yeah. Can't say I played be, it, so... Oh, it's a really good game. I mean, old, old now, <laughs> but yeah. It, was it is, though. good. It's a great. Platform. It was good providing you ignored the combat because goddamn the combat. Yeah, I, the combat the was worst combat system ever. I didn't think it was that bad. It, it was just repetitive. I mean, I was playing uh, Batman, and everyone goes on about how uh, it is really good the combat in, in Batman Arkham Asylum, but it's it's actually comparable in mechanics to the combat in Prince of Persia: Sands of Time because you do a lot of vaulting over enemies and then you have to knock them to the ground, and in Batman. You knock them over about three times before they go down. But if you knock them over and, and deliver a, a sort of punch to the head blow thing, it will knock them out forever, right? But that will leave you vulnerable to enemies around you. And it's all—it's almost the same thing in Sense of Time because the only way you could kill enemies was to knock them down and then you had to stick the time dagger in them and suck the sand out of them. That was literally yeah. the only way they would ever die. That made you vulnerable to people around In a way, it was actually quite similar to Batman. They just which is a lot later and a lot more advanced in terms of the punches and everything and, uh, you know, the animation, everything. What did they call it? The, the free flow combat system or something? Yeah, it's, it's just, really cool. It's amazing. That's the it, problem with Prince of Persia, though, because it was, it was really just a two-button system. It was just like, yeah. mash, 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 until you get the chance to do the, do the manoeuvre the that does the yeah. time dagger, and then you press that button. And, but the timing on the time dagger strike was quite 
difficult, relatively speaking. It's like you yeah. you have this mashy combat on one button, but then the second button is a very precise timing thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I it wasn't well done, uh, well balanced, but I think it had the potential there. I think it is actually quite similar in a way to the to the much more refined Batman. But really, combat. that was you didn't care about the combat because the platforming was the important no, thing. The puzzle the platforming was, all was that great, shit. and the whole. Um, like the look of it, the whole Arabian Nights thing, and the story, and the way that it was, the way that it was told was really interesting. The way, it, whenever you died, it was like the the narrator would say, "No, that that that's not how it happened." <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> really that have... cool. That was just it like was. a silly, awesome. silly added thing. No, I, I'm telling the story wrong. Let's let's try that again. <laughs> it was really cool. But his whole attitude before he became the emo prince, when he was like quite a nice yeah. posh guy and he met that girl where, and... where like the first thing he does is turn on every single chat in the castle it's like oh why did I do that <laughs> uh, they've, they've used emo prince as the, the guys for Jake Gyllenhaal's representation of it haven't they I don't know because I think that film is based actually on that on that Sands of Time game it's supposed to be based on the Sands of Time but I think they've brought the emo from look to him you know what i mean yeah. the, the sort of the way he stands and holds the blades past his elbows you know hunched. that kind of yeah that, that hunched evil grimace yeah because <laughs> they're making a they're making a game tie-in with the film and apparently it's going to be set sort of between sands of time and warrior within so we're going to get a more polite the becoming emo thing. original <laughs> yeah the becoming emo like he's going to be semi-angst some... It's going to be a bit more like so that could be something good, terrible I, is going to happen. Because I played a bit of Prince of Persia. Proper. You, know, you know, the latest one was just called Prince of Persia. Yeah. Uh, and it had Tune that cell re- Yeah. Yeah. I, I played a bit of that and I didn't like it at all. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's highly simplified, isn't it? Yeah, it was weird. And the way that you just got pulled up by the hand of your girlfriend whenever you fell off a ledge or something. And I don't know, it just didn't they, feel They've right ditched that idea, haven't they, for the next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's back to Santa time in terms of, um, like, you did a lot of, like, vaulting over poles and, like, and, like grabbing columns and spinning around them. And there was a lot of that sort of um, movement, uh, almost Tomb Raider-ish, but so much more better, so much better flow to it and so much better control. It was like Tomb Raider times a thousand when you first, wasn't mm. it? Uh, yeah, so yeah, you haven't yeah. played it, Rob, but it was a really good game. But uh, yeah, anyway, we're talking about uh, racing games, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an interesting uh... aside. Yeah, um, the one thing I will have to mention because this is quite a big <coughs> issue with the game. Um, going back to Grid, yeah, um, yeah, pay attention. Um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the big issue in the game is um, that. At the very least, online system, and I've heard a number of number of things on on the interwebs about this happening on a number of other places, and they're not being a particularly easy fix, um, is that it's not massively happy with the new i7 chipset. Um, hmm. Okay. You know the Pentium Core i7s. Yeah. Um, first thing you have to do is turn off the hyperthreading, um, and then you also have to turn off any CPU stepping you have on your motherboard. You know, so any of that kind of performance. Uh, yeah. So it slows the board down to make it quieter when you're not doing anything. Reason right. being is that in the game, um, every now and then, the world will stop for a brief fraction of a second and then speed up to the correct speed. Oh, uh, this isn't like a game pause or anything like that. The world just stops. The music carries on. The sound effects are all carrying on. And occasionally, the physics engine carries on as well. Oh, God. Which leads to some really hilarious moments. It's like you'll be driving along, everything will stop, except for your driver's hands, which have suddenly gone into tarred-out mode. 
<laughs> so you'd be like, and then they'll be back on the wheel. Uh, yeah, I saw that bike. It was very funny to watch. Just, just the way the hands totally just because it's like it doesn't know where the wheel is, is any longer, so they just kind of flail around madly. You have to play a game a... like when you're playing it that whenever it happens, you have to watch out for it and spaz out with your own hands on the. <laughs> <wheel>. <laughs> I mean, you can make it happen less frequently, but as far as I can tell, you can't get rid of it completely, so it does still I see. happen. And I think those at I times, seven... it's really, really irritating, because you could be in the middle of a corner, and it will th- or right. about to turn into a corner, and it will throw your timing right off. Yeah, I don't think... Those i7 chips, like, um, they're not actually the best value for gaming right now. What they are is no. completely... They're completely future-proofing. I mean, you've got the lowest possible i7, which is the one I'm looking at, right? Which is still epically more powerful than anything else. Insanely fast, and that means that literally three years in the future, you'll be able to buy an amazing processor and put it in the same socket, you know? Uh, That's the plan. Yeah, which is great, but actually, from a point of view of gaming right now, in terms of value, you'd probably be... No, it's it's not good. The reason being is that it's a quad-core at heart, um, yeah. But if you leave but it at the factory hyper-threaded, settings, it? it's hyper-threaded, which means it acts like eight cores to Windows, yeah. um, which is bad because most games um, will only handle it, will, are only optimized for two cores because the ma- yeah. that's the majority of chipsets to the, to the point where they won't actually use any more than two cores. Yeah. Um, case in point, Team Fortress and the, and the Source Engine. Um, yeah. It doesn't use any more than two cores. So meaning that unless you turn hyper-threading off, you're only going to get a quarter of the power of your processor out of it. Yeah. Which, Which is still sucks. fine uh, well, not, for TF2. It, but... Well, well no, a, qu- a quarter of the i7 <laughs> is a bit restrictive for TF2. But I have to, so I, um, uh, I turn off the hyper-threading so I get half the power of the i7 for TF2. Do you turn it on and off every time you play the game? No, no, no. Any I game? just leave it per- permanently off because oh, yeah, I'm yet to find a game that uses all eight cores. I just yeah, wonder and... whether it would actually be worthwhile for me to actually get round to turning high threading off on my computer. <laughs> to make, um, it's like, I doubt it. It's on like, on like, a chipset your old, hyper threading is actually going to be a benefit. Yeah, but it never yeah, uses the other 50% of the CPU, ever. Because <laughs> really? nothing supports it. Not even Not if you turn multi-core rendering on on TF2? Or... No, that just makes it run worse. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you could probably turn it off then. Yeah, I probably should. Probably make but then, you won't be able, but then if something goes wrong, you won't be able to switch back to Windows. Yeah, that is the main advantage of my skanky, fake, hyper-threading old Pentium 4 style, where whenever anything goes, goes wrong, wrong, it's still very recoverable. Even mm, graphics yeah. crashes quite a lot, because I, I wrote down like the keystrokes you need to end a task without having to use the mouse, so you can do it non-visually. So you just press Control and delete and then type the name of the process, and then... Oh, I've had to do that on the Xbox e. before. I've had to do it on the Xbox because there's no shortcut oh, yeah, to too. resetting the display settings. Yeah, me too, yeah. So and right. you, you, you had to relearn it when they introduced the new Xbox experience, didn't you? Because it yeah. I can't, why haven't they, haven't, can't they make a shortcut? I mean, the PlayStation has a shortcut where if you turn on the console with a certain number of buttons pressed on the controller, it, it immediately goes to the reset your display. Yeah, that's um, just sensible, isn't it? Which is fantastic, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because the Xbox doesn't... Probably because it doesn't use HDMI and that it can't really figure out what c- connection it's using. Automatically, yeah. Yeah, to a certain degree. Or, you know, a lot of the analog or VGA signals, for instance, won't tell, won't feed back that it can't display the picture. Well, maybe the new ones with the HDMI do and we just don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. 
Let's hope. Yeah. But yeah, wow. good game. Nice glitches. <laughs> Excellent. Are we running yeah. out of time? We have nine minutes. What, until <laughs> two hour fifteen? Yep. Oh god. We what have you been probably... playing, Dan? <laughs> yeah. Anything? Uh i I've been playing a bit of Bayonetta, but I think I'll talk about it next time when I've had a chance to play a bit more. Um and when we and have more uh, time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, and... we'll do you first next week. Alright, I'll This is two weeks this has games. happened now. Well, it's worked oh, out quite well. I haven't, I haven't played many games this week. Uh, I, I played a bit of Bayonetta yesterday to try and catch up. Um, although um, I, I played it again from the start, so I haven't seen any new because I'd forgotten what was going on. Not that I care about the story. In fact, I've decided uh, that, that I'm going to play Bayonetta on my own terms, which means turning off the music, playing my own music, and skipping every single cutscene that isn't the introduction to like a boss. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I'm going to play that game, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to put through. I'm not going to sit through the J-pop, and I'm not going to sit through the ridiculous story that makes no sense. Did so. we talk about it before on uh, like the episode one? Or? Very briefly, but I had hardly played it, so I want to talk about okay, it when I've yeah, actually yeah. when I've actually experienced more of the combat and stuff, and the you know the items and things. It's one of those games where I'll say this briefly, but um, uh, you um. Uh, you know, some games you, you don't get much to choose from in terms of items initially, and it and it very gradually opens up what you're what's available to you. And then other games you have a shop, and there's tons of awesome stuff in there, but you can't afford any of it. You know, it's yeah. one of those. It's one of those where you can see all these awesome things that you might be able to get in the future, but you, you you're in the sh- and it encourages you to visit the shop, but you never initially have any money at all or rings. And you don't know which... when you're going to get the awesome. Yeah, you don't know when you're going to get the stuff. Yeah, I mean, so... not that you would if you didn't see them in the store. In the store, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you generally know there's going to be awesome stuff in the future, but it's really tantalising. It's like, should I be spending money on like health power ups when I might need to save up for? random because you can buy new guns new moves new accessories all kinds of stuff i gotta yeah. be honest i don't have a problem with that system unless um because <laughs> it's a bit of a careful game they have to play because if they get it wrong um you end up in a section of the game where it's very difficult unless you have a certain item type that's true um, yeah that's annoying which so so if, if they get the structure of the game wrong where it doesn't matter what you know where the shop doesn't really define the difficulty of the game yeah um then it's okay so, but it's a fine line. I don't think uh, it will really badly. I mean, you're pretty powerful just straight up as Bayonetta, really. So you could probably complete the game. Yeah, so so we'll see. I'll talk about that next time. Yes. Hmm. So should we wrap it up? I think Why I, I, the I think, heck not? Yeah, let's shut it down. Okay, Covered a lot uh, of ground this time. Uh, yeah, my my, uh, my list of tags is fairly epic. Okay, so you get that get that up on the site. And, uh, we covered a lot of stuff a, considering hope, we didn't play very much. <laughs> indeed. I hope you've enjoyed this, listeners, and uh, join us again next time on the Saladcast. Do we need a fanfare? <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, we'll work on it.